the Maximum Meathead Podcast. We are back with another episode of the Maximum Meathead Podcast. We're bringing you the meat and potatoes of fitness with a side of bullshit. We're your hosts, Muscle Bill and Punchy Paquette. What's up, buddy? What up? Whoa. We are blessed today. The Canadian Titan in the house. You're Sit way too couch. kind. Way too kind. L- last, last time we got together, uh, Dashu was giving us a big hug and made us headbutt each other. So, Well, well <laughs> it was my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of whiskey involved. I think there was some skateboarding. and uh, What do you call that when you hit it each other? It was long, longboard jousting, <laughs> yeah. jousting and whiskey. I, I found out that that's not a good combination. No, we don't have the room here today, yeah. luckily. But yeah, we got Mad Dashu, Canadian Titan. Happy to be here. Very happy to be Thanks here. Thanks for coming, man. I know you got a, a full busy schedule to take time out to come see us. You know, I feel blessed, man. No place I'd rather be. Last time uh, we got together, we had quite the adventure in the in the forest, but we can't get on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> can't yeah, get on that subject it, that's just That's a yet, subject for a different podcast, Yeah, exactly. Perhaps. So, yeah. welcome. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah. And uh, I know there's a lot of knowledge you could throw out for everybody, and me specifically, man. I know there's a few topics I want to touch on because... You're the man with all sorts of accomplishments, qualifications, man. You did so many damn courses. I don't even know. I can't even keep up to you. <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've done well. Well, so I've been, I've been working out since I was 14. I'm 36 now. I know. I know I look great for my age. Yeah. By the way, if, if, you're, if you're not watching this, Dash is a jacked freak, okay? Just, <laughs> just that alone. Yeah. Just like We don't even have to ask what his qualifications are. He just shows up and he's like, yeah, just, you, just look at me. Usually, Want me to lift something? Usually I do the pec bounce when someone asks what my qualifications are. <laughs> Um, no, I've got about, um, I think now I'm at 18 certifications over and above my original personal training certification. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, the, the big ones there, I, I'm really big into the rehab aspect of training um, because I think people underestimate the ability of, of rehab being able to amplify performance. You know, I mean, they're like when I was younger, I don't know about you, but a lot of times you don't think about that stuff until you're broken. Right. And then when you're broken, you have to look at it. And then once you look at it, you're like, shit, had I done this before, not only would I not have been broken, but I probably would have been stronger, faster, yeah. better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, some, of my, some of my favorite certifications have been, now one actually technically no longer exists, but it was uh, the ATS certification with my man, Joe Arco. Um, and it was all about assessments, how to assess. So essentially what areas of the body need work? Which areas are too tight? What's your mobility like? Uh, is your core firing properly? Uh, and how does that affect your performance? Mm-hmm. Um, then a couple other interesting ones too. One of, one of the, uh, the, the more recent ones, uh, actually just uh, earlier this year, I took a, a, a certification on uh, breathing. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of the exact opposite of what you would think. So a lot of things we think we know about breathing are actually, you know, they're totally wrong. So a lot of times when you're gasping for breath, you don't actually need more oxygen. Sometimes you need more carbon dioxide yeah. because it's carbon dioxide that creates the chemical reaction inside your body that allows uh, oxygen to go from your blood to your muscle. So that was a really neat one. So you can actually r- truly stimulate high altitude training, not using a breathe, not using one of those breathing mask devices but uh actually just you know essentially it's almost like a forced suffocation um, oh yeah so um, we were just talking last podcast but we were talking the opposite uh like wim hof over, yeah wim the wim hof, hof yeah. where you're yeah. like uh overdosing yourself with oxygen right so yeah. you're talking like the opposite yes yeah so this is this is a hypercaptic which yeah. is essentially you know uh, uh uh getting a higher level so building up your tolerance for co2 so building up your color uh, your tolerance for carbon dioxide and by doing that you're able essentially to slow down your breathing and when you slow so think about it this way when you're hyperventilating you ever seen in movies or tv shows or 
maybe you saw that nerdy kid in school or something like that. It was hyperventilating. What do they give them? In a bag, yeah. Paper bag. Yeah. Breathe in more CO. Why are they, yeah, why are they doing that? Exactly. They're, not, they're, trying to, they're, trying to, they're trying to reduce the amount of oxygen they're getting. Mm-hmm. They feel like they can't breathe, but the problem is not how much oxygen they have. It's that they don't have enough carbon dioxide. So at any given point, assuming you're not you know, doing really strenuous exercise, you have a, a blood oxygen content of about 98 to 99%. And, you know, even if you're exercising a fair bit, you probably still have that. However, if you don't have enough carbon dioxide, um, you, 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 your body, your blood cannot release that oxygen into the muscle. So you can have all the, all the oxygen you want in your blood. If you can't release that into the tissues, then, then you're in trouble. And that's when you feel like you need more air. So most people end up hyperventilating or breathing too much, which only reduces their ability to, to really, you know, uh, recover. That's right. crazy, man. Like yeah. being someone that's asthmatic as a kid, and I remember the bag and yeah. all that. No one's ever told me that. You're yeah. breathing your yeah. CO2. You oh, know what man. I mean? It was, Breath it was, holes, right? it, oh, yeah. It was yeah. some serious lights on moments for me. And there, I mean, there were so many really neat things about that, but that was probably one of the biggest eye opening ones for me. Um, also, I took a couple uh, barefoot strength training certification courses, which were. Honestly, a lot of like kind of wow moments. Like you don't really realize how important the feet are until you start to understand like how, that's, the, that's your foundation for everything. If your feet are fucked up, everything's fucked up. Yeah. You know, if you're... Yeah, it's it, a starting point, right? Exactly. You know, and there's 10 times the amount of information gathering receptors in your feet as there, as there is anywhere else in your body other than your hands. And we walk around all day, every day with these, with these giant... Like I said, if I was having a conversation with you right now and you had a couple pillows bungee corded to your ears and you're sitting there smiling and nodding at me looking like an idiot but you can't hear a damn word I'm saying that's essentially what we're doing all the time by wearing shoes we're not get we're not getting any information from the impact forces the vibrations that are that are, are that's happening when our feet hit the ground and because of that we don't our body doesn't have the ability to gather the information to figure out where we are in space but beyond that you know, uh, we don't strengthen those foot muscles because usually you have built-in arches and whatnot that do the work for you. Oh, so yeah. it's almost kind of like walking with crutches all the time. Um, and uh, honestly, the, the more I learn, the more I really think that a lot of, you know, uh, the physical ailments that we develop as humans in this day and age have a lot to do with the fact that we wear shoes all the time and we walk on flat surfaces all the time. You Why know? are you wearing shoes right now? Uh, because it's cold outside. I'm a pussy. But we're inside. <laughs> Actually, okay. So good question. Let's ask about this. So check this out. So you, right here. So I've got these insoles right now. So one of the, actually the lady that created the, the, the barefoot uh, uh, strength training courses that I took, she created these insoles and I believe they're called Naboso. And essentially what they do is they create, it's basically like, um, uh, uh, it's very, it's very, it's not almost like really rough. And what it does is it creates a lot more feedback. So oh, even yeah. if you're wearing your shoes, you get a ton more feedback because you've got all these little pressure yeah. points. All the ridges there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like a miniature egg carton looking thing. Almost. Yeah. yeah okay. So the cool nice. thing with this is that, uh, so I went to a summit last year that was put on by this, uh, uh, this woman. Her name is Dr. Emily uh, Splinkle. I believe her name is. If I got that wrong, I'm sorry, Emily. Um, but one of, the, one of the gentlemen that were speaking there, Carl Sterling, he treats uh, patients that have Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And most of these, these patients, unfortunately, they barely walk anymore. And when, they, when he started using these insoles for them, he would put these people and the insoles in their shoes. And within five minutes, if they could barely walk, they were walking no problem. Within 10 minutes, they were jogging. 
Wow. Oh, yeah. and, and there's footage, if you go onto this guy's Instagram, <laughs> you see these people doing like, like the people just they're barely able to move to jogging and then just crying because they're so happy. Like, I haven't done this in 20 years. You know what I mean? Seems unbelievable, doesn't it's, it? When you just say it like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I believe you, obviously, but it's, it's things like breathing and foot muscles and shit. People oh, don't understand yeah. the value of it. Yeah. And that's, that's some of the, you know, the, the most important the most important thing is I think in the training game are, are the things that get easily overlooked. So breathing, for example, that, that course, so that course was created by um, uh, Patrick McEwen um, and he wrote a book called The Oxygen Advantage and he's yeah, from right. Ireland. Yep. And uh, you've heard of that one? Yeah. 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 And uh, so I, I met the guy, he did the course, uh, fantastic guy, extremely intelligent. But he, you know, one of his big points is how, you know, b- breathing is something everyone does. For any athlete, it's probably one of the most important things really that they can do because if you don't have air, you're, you know, as a fighter, when your oxygen levels go down, hope goes down, performance oh, goes everything. down. Fatigue everything. will make a coward out of anybody. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Because you, th- you think you're going to die. Yeah. If you don't have air, you think you're going to die. Yeah. If you're not breathing, you're done. Yeah. That's it. Um, you know, so, so that's one thing is that the conditioning and the mentality aspect, but, but also understanding how the diaphragm works as a core muscle. And then on top of that, understanding how breathing properly can affect your central, your nervous system. So yeah. your peripheral nervous system, you got your parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic nervous system. Yep. Your sympathetic nervous system essentially is your fight or flight. So nowadays, you know, was you know, thousands of years ago when we went fight or flight, we needed that because yeah. we, some, some animal was trying to kill us. We needed to go fight or flight because we needed that extra boost of adrenaline to keep us fast and agile and alive. We need to be able to think quickly, yep. you know, maybe punch this tiger in the face yeah, a, a couple times. Human feeling a little bit. Right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. But nowadays, nowadays, you know, if someone doesn't like my blue star video on, on YouTube <laughs> and they're like, this guy's a piece of shit. I'm like, fuck that guy. And then all of a sudden I get all pissed off. And then, you know, I, I go to drive to work and there's traffic and no one uses their blinkers. And I'm like, fucking BMW drivers, use your blinkers. And then I get to work and then, you know, someone's pissed on the toilet seat. It's just this whole day of things that really, like, they're not life or death. But now we're just in this constant state to almost a fight or flight. And breathing, doing, learning how to do diaphragmatic breathing can, within a couple minutes, take you out of that state and have a, 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 a dramatic effect on your body, your ability to recover, your mental state. Um, numerous things, numerous things. So yeah. breathing, breathing is huge. Uh, understanding the foot was huge. And then really just like assessing, understanding like, you know, uh, mobilization, like the, the body's, you know, like how important it is to do proper movement and what it is that impedes your ability to do that. So like, you know, I would say probably 99 out of a hundred people that I've assessed lack ankle mobility. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have ankle mobility, you can't squat properly. If you can't squat properly, you probably can't do a split squat properly. You can't do that. You're probably not walking properly. You probably don't have anything at your hips being stabilized, so you have bad knees. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Weak and, core. Yeah. And here's the thing. So, you know, another thing I learned is too, there's this, the evolution of us becoming bipedal creatures, right? So bipedal meaning we, we, we walk on two feet. Two feet, yeah. Right? So, so if, if, if you believe evolution... Uh, which I do. If you don't, uh, uh, nothing against you, but just if you believe in evolution. So we, you know, if we were eventually, essentially at one point, if we were kind of like monkeys and we kind of came out of that. So at one point we were, we were not bipedal. We walked on all, all four limbs. Yeah. Like so, two, three AM. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go back to my with roots. Enough, with ooh, enough ooh, whiskey, ooh, I de-evolve <laughs> very fast. I've actually seen him do this before oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. And I seem to remember someone being like, dude, he can't do that here. I don't remember where that was, but I remember you doing that. And I feel like it was at a restaurant or something and someone was like he can't please tell him he can't do that turn him off yeah yeah de-evolution um, <laughs> i'm the proof i'm the proof we we're uh what would you call that quad 
quadruped. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. I go back there once in a while. Yeah. Oh Anyways, shit. Continue. We all do on a, on a Saturday <laughs> night. I've, I've I've been known to do that. Shit, I'll just lay flat down on my face. Uh, that's the fifth. That's the yeah. fifth one. Is my face on the ground? That's a, regression that's a, number three. That's yeah. a final de-evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm swimming in my own vomit. That's the fine. That's when we go back to sea creature. Sorry. Anyways, that was a there, little, that, that was bro, bro science. Bro right there. science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Proofs in the pudding. Books. Maximum meathead evolution. Yeah, there you go. There Sorry, you go. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. What were we? That's all right. So, we? so if you look at, um, if you ever seen videos of um, gorillas walking around, okay. right? So they're 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 quadrupeds, right? So they're they're always kind of like walking on their on their fists and on their legs, and even if you get them to stand up, their hips are always in flexion. Oh yeah. Right, so they're always kind of like bent through this this hip area here, and even when they stand up, they have to still be bent. It takes an enormous amount of energy to be in flexion all the time, because you have to f- be firing all these muscles all the time. So, throughout the course of evolution, and I don't know how or why this happens, because I don't know, no one's figured it out, and probably none of us will ever figure it out. But essentially, in order for our brain to form the neocortex, or the higher reasoning part of the brain, it needed more energy. Our bodies needed more energy. So we literally evolved into becoming bipedal creatures because it was, it was, it was a, a form of energy conservation. So by walking on two feet, for one thing, we're not in a constant state of flexing our muscles, just standing around. For two, uh, our bodies use... I mean, a lot of gym guys are, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, got a couple, I, I got a couple friends I can think yeah. of right off the top of the hop. That's the... Invisible yeah, ad syndrome. That's right. Yeah. Or even visible ad syndrome. Yeah. They can have I mean, big they can be lats. As fuck. Yeah. But they just make them try to make them look even bigger. It's anyway. like, yeah. You don't have to flex them 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah, we get this it. It's the cool thing about lats <laughs> is they can deactivate. And in fact, I think they prefer that sometimes. But anyways, so it's the, it's the elasticity of our muscles yeah. and our, our fascia, which is kind of like this, this tissue that goes all throughout our body, including it includes our, our connective tissues, so our tendons, ligaments, but also it's kind of like this thin sheet that goes all the way through our body. So our fascia and our muscle have these elastic-like properties. So when you walk, so this is getting back to the barefoot thing. So if you have a lack of dorsiflexion, if you have a lack of ankle mobility, your gait pattern, so how, how far of a distance you have from one step to the next, will shorten. When that happens, so think about, it, think about it, you had an elastic in your hands, and you stretch it out super far, you let it go, it snaps back. If you have an elastic in your hands and you stretch it out just to the, basically the edge and you let it go, it just goes and falls down, doesn't do anything. Well, our, our, our muscle tissues are like that. Remember those elastic stretchy band bullshit? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that <laughs> night, that night, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that elastic recoil effect of the muscle. Yeah. So if we shorten our gait, we have to use more muscular energy to, for propulsion. Right, yeah. If we have a longer gait pattern, so if we don't lack dorsiflexion, for example, and we have a longer step, then when our back leg gets lifted up, it's the potential energy stored from our body moving forward and creating the stretch through the muscle and the fascial system, which allows the leg to swing forward without you actually having to try to pull it forward. Right. Just this natural release. Yeah. Right. So that, that it's literally that mechanism that allowed us to conserve so much energy. So we conserve something like 40 to 60% more energy through propulsion just based on that, which allowed our brains to form the way they did. That's crazy, Fucking man. Fucking madness. And we right? still don't that even is use crazy. that percent like I know I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm drinking scotch right now trying to burn off some more brains. I got too many. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like the buffalo <laughs> theory, though, right? <laughs> what, what's the buffalo theory? Well, like, I mean, if there's too many buffalo in the herd, it's the old, it's the old ones. And yeah, the ones right? that are get injured. rid of the wasted ones. And yeah, then they're the, the ones, ones. That, they're the ones that get attacked by like lions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, when you drink, basically the alcohol is killing brain cells, but it's killing the weak brain cells. Right. So right. the rest of the herd yeah. Can, yeah. can. So be smarter tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. We're good. I like that science. <laughs> the first time I heard about uh, the foot muscles and the importance actually was uh, GSP, which is uh, one of the fighters I've followed for a long time, right? Probably the most famous fighter out there, maybe. Yeah. Um, he was actually the one that came out with uh, some kind of blog, and he had a new coach that was just training his feet, and he said it was the most important thing he's ever yeah. trained. Yes. Yeah. Which is insane. That got me into looking into the foot. That's why I train barefoot all the time. But at the same time, I do all the shit, but I don't look into the science and I don't do any corrective measures. Uh, yeah. So now I'm just running around barefoot like an idiot doing it wrong still, <laughs> but not wearing shoes. Right. So there's a couple things to keep in mind. So going barefoot is great because at least you're getting more information from the impact forces, right? So again, it's the vibrations that happen that we, we gather information from. So our foot hits the ground and it's that impact that creates a vibration. Our central nervous system is able to gather information based on that. So... There's a couple things, there's a couple things in terms of like, you know, it's, it's not just, just a matter of training barefoot because if you still have length, tension, and balances in some of, your, some of your lower body muscles. So let's say, for example, your calves are too tight and their antagonist, which is your tibialis anterior, that muscle right next to your shin, mm-hmm. and that one is, is lengthened and inhibited, then you're still going to lack dorsiflexion. Is that the shin splint pain? Yeah, Would that be exactly. Okay? Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. So if your calves are too tight and your ankle, that, 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 that tibialis anterior is, is, is lengthened and inhibited, then you're not going to have a ton of ankle mobility. You're not going to have a ton of dorsiflexion. So you can still walk around bare feet, but your mobility is still shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, is let's say you're flat-footed. You know, so for example, I'm flat-footed. There's a lot of people, absolutely. Yeah, 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 a ton of people are flat-footed. So if you're flat-footed, typically what will happen, there's a muscle called the, there's a muscle group called the peroneals or the fibularis. And that goes down from, there's a little bone on the side of your, if you go just below your knee, about two inches into the right, there's a little bony protuberance there. And that's called the tibial tuberosity. In case you're wondering, don't ask me to spell it because I don't give a fuck on how it's spelled. <laughs> but the muscle that goes down from there wraps around the outside of your foot, goes down underneath, behind your ankle bone, and then comes in and inserts basically in this, this top part of your ankle here. Like, wow, all around the foot like, like that? All yeah. the way down and around. Okay. And if it's tight, it makes your foot go like this. Yeah, sure. Flattens out your foot. Right. It's antagonist, the tibialis posterior, which is deep inside the lower leg compartment here. It's, it's, it literally comes down on the other side, uh, or sorry, same side, but inserts here. So it would pull that up. So if your fibularis muscle was too tight and your tibialis posterior was lengthened and inhibited, so too loose, right. then your feet are going to be flat. So you're walking around on bare feet all the time and it's good because you get a little bit more information, but in reality, you'd almost be better if you had arch support at that point, right. if you didn't have any type of intervention to take care of. Them. Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you get knee pain, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because anytime you, any, anytime your joints lack centration and they're not lined up properly, you're mm-hmm. going to end up with, with some sort of joint problem. Absolutely. Right. I see that all the time with people squatting too. I mean, usually that means your knees are going to cave in, right? Your foot yeah. collapses in pushes your knee in and then you have a lot harder time getting out of the bottom of a squat or even getting into the bottom of a squat Yes, because you can't get your hip in the amount of external rotation typically required to get down there, right? So Exactly, yeah. 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 So as soon as that foot caves in, and the other thing, if we want to go really deep down the rabbit hole, so we've got fascial lines. Mm-hmm. So fascial lines are actually uh, very similar to uh, the meridians that we've heard about in traditional Chinese medicine. Yep, yep. Some of them run in a very similar pattern. It's kind of amazing. 
uh, fascial line is kind of like a set of, of fascial meridians that go through your body and they connect to different areas of your body. And when we have tension along those fascial lines, then those certain things that it connects will function or fire better. So there's a fascial line called the deep front line, which is probably one of the most important fascial lines. And it connects your foot up through the side of your leg into your hip, so your glutes, your ass muscles, and then into your core, so your pelvic floor, your diaphragm, and your other intrinsic core muscles. And if your foot is flattening out, then you have less fascial tension along the deep front line. And when you have less fascial tension on the deep front line, the ability of, of those muscles to fire properly becomes significantly inhibited. Yeah. So what I mean is if you have flat feet, chances are your glutes aren't firing. Which is super important. That's a, a collective group of muscles that you <laughs> want firing yeah. all the time. Those are probably the, some of the most important muscles in your entire oh, 100%, fucking body. right? That Stability, feet. everything, control, just your posture, everything. Exactly, right? So if, you're, if your foot flattens out, your glutes don't fire properly, so your, your, your adductors are going to take over. Yeah. So it's not just structural. Yeah, there's not, yeah, it's not just structural. There's these other mechanisms involved that, that uh, either, either create an environment where things can fire properly or, or impedes them from firing properly. And when that happens, then not only, not only are your knees buckling in, but if your core muscles aren't firing properly, then you have less lumbar stability, yeah. which means you have a greater chance of hurting your back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all this stuff ties in. It's all really, really, really important. So, you know, as, as a trainer, I like to have a look at the big picture. Right. And I like to do like to make an effort to to really educate my clients on the fact that it's not just a matter of going in and working one muscle group, because rarely in life are we going to we're going to work one muscle group outside of it, you know, being interacting with all the other muscle groups. Like how many times in life do we go and do just a bicep curl all the time and there's nothing we have to do in order to fucking tie our shoes, take a shit, cook right. our dinner, get out yeah. into our vehicles and all this other stuff, yeah. right? Everything's integrated. Everything works together. And if we keep treating, bo treating body parts as though they're individual parts uh, and they're not connected to the whole, and then we're going to have more and more problems long-term. Crazy, man. Just personally, I could relate to everything you're saying. When you're saying like your adductors get tight and then your glutes yeah. are fine. This is all shit I'm going through right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to re-listen to this podcast about 40, 50 times so I can learn all these words he's saying. <laughs> and, then, and, then, yeah, and then put it all to use, yeah. man. Dude, just yeah. Come like to everything, come, come everything, visit me. everything you're saying makes so much sense. Just even when you're uh, checking out my my posture, how I stood and how my feet go, and then my ankles were rolling in. You know, right there fires yeah. off. Well, oh, there's my medial knee pain. You know what I mean? Yep. Like It's just it all. People are so worried about. Hey, let's do chest tries. Let's do back buys. Let's do legs the next day. You know what I mean? Where this shit is gonna elevate your game to you won't even believe. Like it, yeah. once your body is working. You know, those chest days or whatever, if that's what you choose to do, it'll be insane difference, man. Absolutely. It'll be just, just when I get my, I had my gait in check. I, I was doing so much self-care before the fight, right? Making sure everything's aligned. A lot of uh, chiropractor, a lot of massage, things like that. Not neglecting anything. And like I was, I was standing with my feet straight when I was running up and down stairs there straight. Yeah. And then the other day I was, I was uh, watching my feet just because the chiropractor reminded me of it. And I was duck footed. Rotating up. You, know, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, just little things. Yeah. Little things like that. When I'm standing, I'm duck footed because I'm all off, off kilter right now, like you said, right? Yeah. And it, it, all, it all affects everything. I feel it in my abductors. Then I feel I can't engage yeah. Because everything's taking over, I can't engage the other side. When the other side can't engage, something else is going to take over. Something else blows. 
Exactly. And that's where I'm at. Well, they're they're just right, right, that's yeah, why and that's why that's I'm why standing, standing right now during yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I can't sit down because Smile everything he's talking about is all <laughs> fucked yeah. up. Hello. He's not just trying to intimidate yeah. us. He's yeah. a very intimidating human being. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't need to stand to intimidate me, just for the record. <laughs> so let's dumb this down for a second. This has been a little heavier day on the get-go. Cool. We usually do a speed round. I think this would be a good time yeah, to kind of take, take a little breathe, breather from this. All right, yeah. let's do it. Technical shit. Perfect here. time. My, my girlfriend stepped out. So <laughs> that's right. A bunch of shit that's going to not get me in trouble here. My head hurts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to have to, I don't even remember any of the questions. You're going to have to right. take this over. We'll go down here. All right, I'm ready. Morning sex or night sex? Both. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> What's your favorite feature on a woman? Tits. All right. Eye is a close second. A good save. What's your favorite cheat meal? Uh, Hagen Dazs cookie dough dynamo. Nice. Mm. Although it makes me shit my pants so bad. Oh, but so ice cream is worth everything. 80 grams of fat in one canister, Woo. but it's fucking worth it. Uh, <laughs> if you could only do one exercise. Deadlifts. Well, me too, brother. Oh, it. yeah. I You're so savage. The, I knew yes. you'd be the deadlift, man. Yeah. What about if you could only take one supplement? <sighs> Testosterone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck it, I'm not gonna lie. Where that do shit's I get awesome. this? <laughs> By lifting heavy weights, Joel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Squatting, growth <laughs> hormone, and testosterone. Or your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it was outside of that, though, in reality, for any nutty people out there, uh, yeah. honestly, creatine is probably one of the best ones you can take. And I would say, however, uh, this is speed round. I'm fucking go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, make sure your foundations in place first. Have a good multivitamin, good omega three, and as men, we probably need zinc and magnesium. Uh, as anyone, we need magnesium. Yeah. As men, for sure, we need zinc. Absolutely. So outside of that, like... Why is that? Which also helps in natural testosterone production. Exactly. That's why. Oh, and okay. most athletes, we're burning it up. We're yeah. sweating it out. And, 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 and if, yeah, if zinc is low. So one of the things, so a common misconception is that when your testosterone levels are high, you're aggressive and all this shit. Actually, that's not the case. Typically, you're more aggressive and angry and frustrated and irritated when your testosterone low. levels are low. Mm. So if you feel like irritated and shit all the time and you don't know, really know why and, and you don't feel strong and you can't seem to get the gains you want, there's a good chance maybe your zinc levels might be low amongst every other. Sweet. And you drink too much. Fun side eat. note, ZMA was originally created for athletes to correct the zinc and magnesium deficiency, not for sleep. Yes. Oh, yeah. It sleep, gave me weird dreams. Sleep is, that. or zinc is actually, uh, can be a stimulant before bed to a small degree. Yeah. So Yeah, a stimulant... Uh, like not really, but it acts as like it wakes you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Magnesium, however, tends to be inhibitory. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. interesting. Anyways. Yeah. So, where were we? <laughs> <I'm> Speed. <laughs> Speed round. Yeah. What's one thing about you that no one would guess, or one thing that you enjoy no one would guess? Donuts, fucking donuts. I love donuts. I <laughs> yeah, never know that. Yeah. Nowhere like I, I eat so many fucking donuts and I bring them into the gym. So many people right now are Googling your, your Instagram. Yeah. They're like, this motherfucker eats Titan donuts. Training? Dude, I swear to God, like on a good day, on Fuck a good day, guy. and I'm about to pat my own back and blow some smoke on my own ass right now. Literally like 19 fucking abs. Yeah. And I could eat six donuts a day every day. Then they don't seem to go anywhere. So Dude, you're in you're in the gym twenty four. Yeah. That's another thing we didn't mention. You're uh, owner of Rec Room, right? Yes. So yeah, like, half uh, owner my, with myself right, and my business partner. Yeah, co-owner of the Rec Room, which is a sick gym in Kitchener. Uh, everyone, you know what? I've yeah. been there. I've had tons of great times there. Everyone should check it out. Uh, highly skilled staff. Yes. I mean, not just yourself. Yeah. It's it's worth it just to go see you, but I mean you you got partners as well that that know the game inside yeah. and out, right? Yeah, so. and it's just a great you know, we built an awesome community there. We've got an awesome group of people there, the members, the clients, the trainers. 
I mean, you know, ever since we opened those doors, we've been rated, if not, if not first place, top three gyms in Kitchener. And I mean, we're just, you know, we're just a couple fucking meatheads, couple guys, you know, yeah. just having fun. And I keep saying we need a mom at the gym to take care of the admin work. We probably let people work out for free for years. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be a mom. All right. You got to yeah. wear a wig though. All right. <laughs> keep the beard, but you yeah, got to wear a wig. I was say, I'm not shaving, but I'll wear a wig. Uh, it's deal. All good. Deal. All right. Two more. If you could work out with anyone, who would it be? Christian Thibodeau. Yeah, good call. And, and oh. T-Nation? He's like, oh, you T-Nation, T-Nation guy? Forever. Okay, yes, yes. And this is how familiar. this is how amazing my business coach, Joey's actually one of my best friends. He's worked out some sort of deal where I get to hang out with Christian Thibodeau next year. I get to go to one of his courses for free, which is going to be hosted at my, friend, my, my business coach. The neurotaping? Uh, I'm not even sure which one is he's nice. going to be doing. Cool. You don't um, care. You're just going. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, I just want to meet, I just want to meet yeah. Christian, and, and, and he's just he's such a genius, and he's very humble and modest. Oh, yeah. He's a shy dude from what I understand. But I met I, him at Fortis uh, last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 He, he's at Swiss. Yeah. Which we should talk about. We'll go. Anyways. I would love to. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Interesting. Um, Christian Thibodeau. Good call. Yeah. Awesome. And last one. What did you have for supper last night? What did I eat for supper last it's night? It's always hard, man. I, I love it how every meathead, you could throw any question. Uh, he just told us the whole human body, all these fucking, all these terms <laughs> I've never heard. What did you eat for supper? Oh. <laughs> monkey oh, grown. this is a uh, tough one. Chicken, 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 Kiev, 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 and vegetables. Is that My French? girlfriend made up for me. Okay, nice. nice. Sounds What'd fancy. you eat? What'd you eat, Muscle Bill? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had the same thing as I had tonight earlier. Uh, I made chicken and rice with coconut oil and Thai stuff. The same thing I made last week when we talked to Kyle. Nice. There you go. Ah, nice. Yeah. Atta boy. Keep it consistent. I've been consistent. Yeah. Because <laughs> on Thursdays, you just get, or on Wednesday nights. No, he doesn't nights, have yeah. to remember. He not <laughs> no, remember. You know same thing as last week. <laughs> it works out because my Mondays are fucked. My Tuesdays are fucked. And then Wednesdays, I'm home finally for the morning. So I cook. And then Wednesday night, I have food. And Thursday night we've been podcast, so I'm like, I have freshly cooked food Wednesdays there you go. for Wednesday and Thursday because I'm home. There, there you go. go. There so you go. It's yeah, worked out because system going. because we podcast the last couple of weeks on Thursdays. My food has been back on Sweet. for those days. Boom. Had a boy. Got a podcast all the what time. What about you? I actually ate one of uh, this. Is not a sponsor or anything. Oh, yeah. I ordered uh, food from those Live Fit meals. I don't know if oh, yeah, you ever yeah. heard of that. The guy uh, Nick Spina. I don't know if I'm saying your last name right. I'm sorry. Uh, he started out in London. And I had my food catered to me for a while there, and I found that was the best progression I made for myself mm. ever is when all my food was there. It was a little bit expensive, but I had zero waste. I was never eating shit. Every time I was hungry, I was eating a nice meal that had everything I needed in it, and it was uh, local, organic, everything, all the good shit. You know, like he spends... When I make food, I make food for fuel, right? Yeah, so if yeah. I'm making chicken Ground and rice, beef, rice, vegetables. right, exactly, and then that's what I'm eating. Yeah, maybe a squirt of ketchup or something to give it some flavor, but I'm not making anything fancy. And I had one of these Live Fit meals. I'm actually on four of them now, and they've all been amazing. I can't believe it. I didn't think it would be that good, and it kind of sucks that it's that good because now I'm really tempted on. <laughs> I'm really tempted to order more so then uh, in the new year I could have all my food ready. You know, no fucking around. I work underground for 12 hours. You know, all your food has to be ready. But it's expensive, man. Well, this is the way I look at it too, man. And I think a lot of times when it comes to meal prep and certain things in life is a lot of times people underestimate the amount of time it takes to go do your own grocery shopping, come home, put it all away, do your own cooking, all that stuff, right? And I don't know what, you know, like whatever you make an hour, for example. So let's say you make $30 an hour and it takes, by the time you go to the grocery store, you come home, you cook your meals at three hours, you know, like... 
Okay, $90 is three hours, I'm gonna make $30 an hour. Okay, well, and the meal costs so much. And I think you gotta break it up a little bit differently, but, you know, and it's not always easy depending on the situation you're in. I'm fortunate, you know, I've, I've you know, I'm doing half decent now that I've, I've really built my business up. But a lot of times now it gets to the point where I look at it in terms of like, well, fuck, you know, if I, if I, if I could take that extra hour and make $100 or $110 with a client as opposed to taking an hour to cook myself food. So yeah. if I pay, if I go, if I go and, you know, if I pay someone to cook 50 bucks, they meal prep food for me for the next few days, or, you know, I pay someone $100 for that. Well, that's maybe eight hours worth of yeah. food cooking I didn't have to do. Exactly. And if I can right. turn around and make, you know, anywhere from five to $800, even as long as I make more than that $100 in that time, yeah. then I've made the right choice. And, that, and that's exactly what people need to weigh out. It was Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, actually, that really lit this up for me because he goes, I outsource anything I'm not good at or that takes me... Uh, too much time compared to someone who's good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's at a, he's in a position right now where he has enough, uh, uh, what do you say, like, um, like money res- comes resources. in from different, from different angles. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got this, he's got that, he's got that. Residual income. Just, yeah. just like you said, he weighs out his hours per productivity. You yeah. know, what can I do in that many hours? Okay, it takes me four hours to, just repeating exactly what he said, it takes me four hours to make my next uh, two days of meals. Well, four hours, he makes a shitload of money. Yeah. A lot yeah. more than it costs yeah. to make people food, right? So he outsources everything that's shitty and that he's not good at. And it makes total sense, man. Why, yeah. why waste your time on that when you could go be more productive at the things you are good at and make money with it? And Plus, all you need is a fork and a spoon and a knife. Yeah. And no, no fucking anything. Yeah. Right? You don't need any pots and pans and dishes, the whole deal. And this is the thing that, you know, that the, the blows my mind as a business owner now. And like, you know, I, I, work, I work a lot and I'm okay with that because I love what I do. It always blows my mind when I watch other people trying to succeed and it's not working for them. But they got the cleanest fucking apartment you'll ever see. And it's like, well, well, well you know, what did you do today? Well, I had two clients. I did this, I did this. And I did three hours worth of work, but I spent like five hours cleaning. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Let your place be fucking mess. That makes Spend me feel it. better. My place is a mess. Well, yeah, but 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 dude, before do- my fight, my neighbors and shit were cutting my lawn because they're like, dude, your fucking shits shits out it's of whack. Up, yeah. I said, I don't got time for this. I got to smash. Exactly right. And this is the way I look right. at it is that you know what? Like, get your get your business. Let's say you're an entrepreneur. Get your business to the point where you can pay someone to do that shit first. I don't care how clean your fucking place is. It's going to be dirty in a day again. Anyways, if you spend that time building your business and you accumulate that time over the course of, you know, four months, five months, six months, a year, two years, three years, yeah, maybe your place isn't spotless every goddamn day. I mean, don't let to the point where it smells like poop and there's flies everywhere. Yeah, right, right. Right? But like, you know, let's say you do one big cleanup once a week or something as opposed to spending four hours every day cleaning shit up. But like, take that time and and don't just sit around and do nothing. Do something with it. Right. You know, like devote more time to the things that are important so that at some point when you're successful enough, you turn around, and pay someone to clean your place for you. Yeah. You're giving someone a job. You maybe you're paying them twenty five, thirty dollars an hour. But now you're making one hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. It's you're, worth you're it. helping out, too. Right. And the big yeah. picture, and that's the big that's the thing. It's the big picture. Right. Yeah. OK. Uh, a lot of points in my life. I couldn't afford that. So I spend the time to meal prep. Yeah. I have to. Right. Yeah. That's just I'm, that's I'm kidding, yeah, that's the way it is. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. you know what? It feel it feels good to do as well. Right. Put in some time. Oh, yeah. But it gets to the point where like uh, you, you got to assess where you're at. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, uh, there's some people that are like, hey, you have an extra hour to clean your house. Right. Right? That's what they'll say to me. Or you have another hour, you could cut your lawn. And then I say, yeah, but I also 
could rest for that hour and make the rest of my day more productive. You yeah. know what I mean? Because when you have a high intensity life like yourself, you could relate to it, right? When you're smashing out weights or you're doing your whatever, even when I was teaching people, it was so energy consuming that without the rest, I'd be burnt out. Like yeah. if I went home, clean my house, trim the hedges, fucking garden or whatever the shit you got to do with plants and stuff. I don't know. I don't do it, obviously. Just mow them right over. <laughs> yeah. you, know what I mean? you know, there's a video out there. I'm mowing the lawn and I'm doing bicep no, I saw that. Like that's, that's my life. You know what I mean? Like, that was so good. If I'm doing that shit, I want to get ahead elsewhere because that shit, like cutting my lawn, it's going to grow in a week. It's yeah. just so non-productive for me. I have Who a hard a time, yeah, and then, I have and hard time and, doing and it. And there is value. So let me tell you, there is value to doing that stuff. Don't Some get me wrong. Some people get pride in yeah, it. 100%, sure. Yeah, 100%. And, and it makes you feel like you might build up your self-worth so there's not, it's not that there's anything wrong with that but if you have an opportunity to build something and you're not building something because you're making sure there's no specks of anything on your carpet that's taking a little bit too far right it's all subjective right yeah it's all, it's, it's all where you're at where yeah. you want to be I'm not saying live in a live in filth what I'm saying, though, is that you have an, if you have an opportunity to build something, but you can never find the time because you spend five hours a day cleaning, maybe outsource that shit or just, or let, you know, don't worry about, don't worry about your place being spotless. Like, I mean, I've spent a lot of my time single and like my place doesn't have to be beautiful and spotless all the time. It doesn't hurt me if I've got some dishes for two days. Yeah. That being said, if I had roommates, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, but if it's by yourself, okay, well, if I can take that time and better devote it towards building my future, then that's a better investment of my time. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I feel that. I'm and going to roll on this. I'm going to change subjects because we're going to go on forever about oh, yeah, we yeah, the rest of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> mowing lawns is something we all like to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mow bro other and, people's bro lawns. lawns. Yeah, I don't, we, I don't mow my own lawn. We, I mow other people's lawns. We just lawns. stand on the lawn drinking <laughs> for 12 hours until all the grass dies. Yeah, bro and lawns. <laughs> Turn yellow, you bitch. <laughs> so... As a trainer, yes. What is your number one most common obstacle you hear from clients? Um, well, you know what, com- com- or couple. Compliance is the biggest thing. So, people- so, but what's the biggest obstacle in compliance, and in what area of training or nutrition? Uh, typically, I would say it's more so with nutrition. Okay. So it'll either be I don't have time. So, like people, are like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time. I don't. And I just no one fucking has time. You know, you, you, you make time for things that are important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and if you can't, if you can't, like, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. And if you're struggling with that, then you need to reassess how you can create time or find time in bits and pieces. And you need to be more efficient with your time. The average person spends four or five hours a day on the fucking TV, if not on their cell phone. You know, like. Absolutely. And I'm, honestly, I'm guilty of that. I used to sit on the freaking can for 45 minutes, but I was on my phone. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, so I, I understand it, but that's, yeah, that's usually one of the biggest issues. Um, when it comes to the gym, you know, I always say like, if, if it's just the, the workout thing, you know, a lot of times people, they, they come there with the wrong mentality. You know, I was, it's a very important. I think when you work out, you need to have goals or targets. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a person that doesn't like working out to begin with, and you've hired, say, a trainer, for example, for accountability, if you don't have a goal, then every time you go there, it's just work. It doesn't feel good, and you don't know what you're working towards. If you have a goal or a target, then, yeah, it doesn't feel good, but you're doing it for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that gives it, like, okay, I don't mind. You have a purpose. I don't mean suffering if there's a reason to suffer. Mm -hmm. I don't want to suffer for no reason. You know what I mean? If you you, you have a trainer or something like that, and you go in there, and you're like, I want to work out and lose weight. 
fuck, how much weight do you want to lose? By when? You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, give yeah. me some, give, like, break it all down, and then, okay, let's, let's work towards this step-by-step. Nice. That goes back to that uh, passion and commitment we're talking about, We just right? talked about that a couple weeks ago. If you're not ago. passionate about it, we're saying, what's, what's, uh, what weighs heavier, passion or commitment? And uh, we gave some bullshit answer for like half hour that didn't make any sense. Well, but yeah, anyways, you need both, <laughs> what, we both, what we both agreed on was if, you're, if, there's, if your commitment involves struggle, there has to be passion mm-hmm. or else you're not going to be committed. Or why are you doing it? Yes. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it goes back to exactly what you said. If you don't have a, if you're just going in there to put in work, then what the hell? Yeah. Eventually it becomes just work. Yeah. Like you yeah. said. Because I just want to lose weight is a generic goal that you're never going to feel good about. Cause it's like, Oh, I lost five pounds in the last three months. Well, yeah. you lost weight. Yeah. So success. Is that good or is that bad? Yeah. Right? Was that I mean? enough? It's not yeah. A, yeah. Right. Yeah. So set the parameter. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and passion commitment. So like, like Nietzsche said, you know, any, a man can, can take any, any how if he has a big enough why. Absolutely. Right. But, um, you know, which is so true. Yeah. There's, there's an important thing that often gets overlooked by people in terms of like passion and commitment. I'm going to, I'm going to bring passion down to feelings. Okay. So, and this was actually, this was taught to me by my, by a, a, a psychotherapist. So a guy I see because I'm fucked up and we all need to work on ourselves. And even if I wasn't fucked up, I would think it was important to see someone yeah. to get better. Cause that's what life should be about. I should get their information. Yeah, we had a girl come on and said everybody needs to. Whether you think so or not, everybody needs to. And even if you felt like you didn't need to, you still you just should you should you should because it's about self development. If you if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, right. We're all dying anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but you're definitely dying if you're just sitting in the same old. But it's what I mean. You might as well be growing while you're dying instead of just fucking sitting there dying. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, But he he said that you know a big problem why people have a hard time with change in life or a, a hard time you know, uh, changing their patterns of behaviors because they tend to think of themselves as one working unit. He says, in reality, we're, we're composed of at least like three different pieces. He says, and you think of it like a triangle. On the top of the triangle, you've got T, which stands for thinking or rational mind or your ability to make commitments. And so like down over here, we've got feelings, you know, and, and, and I don't really need to explain feelings. Yeah. Irrational bullshit. But feelings can be good or bad. But typically feelings, what really happens is we become reactive based on things that happen to us as kids. And, so, and then over here, we have our behaviors. And behaviors are a manifestation of either our rational mind or our feelings. But they're what we do. They're our actions of real life. And so the problem with most people is that they tend to behave based on their feelings. And they've done it for so long that it's become, you know, if you think of a triangle, an equilateral triangle, right? And then the more you do something, how your brain works is the more you do something, the more you form neural pathways. And those neural pathways become the path of least resistance for how you think. And you become mechanistic in these things, which means you become like a machine. You do these things without thinking. So if you act all the time based on your feelings, then it becomes very easy to act based on your feelings. Now, the bad part about that is that if you're acting based on shitty feelings, so let's say your feelings of, you know, let's say like me, for example, as a kid, I had, you know, I had some issues as a kid. I had feeling like, you know, self-worth issues, abandonment issues, all this stuff. Now, if, if I'm always acting based on feelings, so let's say, for example, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be successful, but I have a self-worth issue. And then someone says, you need to do this to become successful. And I act based on feelings and my feelings is like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can do that because I don't feel no. good enough to do that. I don't feel good enough to speak on a podcast with, with Joe and Bill. I respect them so much. I don't think I can do that. It's intimidating because, you know, you guys are fucking like, you guys have accomplished a lot in life, right? So I might think that, and then that keeps me from doing it. 
Whereas I like to say I'm committed. So like, you know, commitment doesn't involve feelings. When you're committed to something, and I don't give a fuck how you feel, you get the job done. Mm-hmm. And when he explained this to me, he explained it in terms of relationships. He said, when I started my practice, he said, you know, uh, we always used to look at why relationships failed. And he says, now, nowadays, 4.7 out of 10 relationships or marriages end in divorce. Mm-hmm. And we always used to look at that 4.7, why do they fail? And he said, and then later on in my career, and he'd been doing this for 40 years, he said, we started to look at the ones that succeed. So 5.3 out of 10 marriages succeed. Why do they succeed? It's not love. Love is a feeling. Love can come or go. And he said right. to me, and I quote, I love my wife to death, but I'd be lying if I said some days I don't want to strangle her to death and bury her outside the backyard. Right? Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he said, love, yeah, love is, love is fleeting. Commitment, <clears throat> commitment means that I don't care. I don't care if you know, some other pretty woman comes on. And he's like, I'm a psychotherapist. You know how many times there's someone in my office that I could have done something with? He said, that, 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 but that doesn't matter. It's not about what I feel. It's about what I'm committed to. I'm committed to my wife. So no matter what feelings happen, if I'm upset with her, doesn't matter. If I see if someone else is attracted to me, doesn't matter. If we've had a fight, doesn't matter. None of this shit matters because I'm committed. And if you can start, if you, if you take some time to audit all the times in your life where you've acted based on feelings, you tend to re- start to realize that most times it was not a positive outcome. It's almost always a negative outcome. Sure. So when you, when you act mechanistically based on feelings, if it's habitually a negative outcome, you start to realize, okay, acting based on feelings can oftentimes be, can oftentimes be the enemy. When you act based on commitments, you pick the commitment. You don't pick the commitment based on how you feel. You pick them based on what your goal is, what your target is, based on what you want. I want to be a pro fighter. I don't feel like working out today. Why, do I, why don't I feel like working out today? Well, I'm a little bit tired. Am I so tired I absolutely need rest? No. Then get to fucking work. I don't care how you feel, right? And I, I imagine you've been through that a million times. And you've probably been through it. You've, yeah. got, you've got every reason in the world, probably more than almost every human being, you know, you would know to not do so many things. Sure. And yet you get up every day, you go to the gym, you know, you do podcasts, you do all these things because like... You know, you're committed to that. It's not how you feel when you're tired. I remember you telling me a story about, you know, some of the shit that you went through. And like, you know, I remember being like, fuck me, that must have been horrible. And I remember your words saying like, you know what? It actually was good because all I couldn't see anything, my eyes were closed. I was in pain, but I just knew if I got that next breath, I was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was sure. like nothing else, nothing, because you were just committed to life at that point. I think that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so passion is important. Feelings are important. If it's positive and it's a driving force, great. Use it as a tool, but don't forget your commitments. Use it to back up that commitment because your negative feelings, man, if you, if you take, if you take those over your commitments, you're in trouble. You know, fuck a lot of things up in life. Yeah, absolutely. This is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. You know why I'm having all these flashes of, of girlfriends going, you could just turn your feelings off, blah, blah, blah. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and recently, I got out of a relationship that was perfectly fine. Yeah. It was perfectly fine. You know, like I have much love for the girl, still do, whatever. But I had a goal, and for some reason, I felt hindrance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just probably from years and years of doing it, ignoring yeah. what I'm thinking and having, like you said, a committed goal. Yeah. And I had a fight coming up at the time. Something told me in my head, fuck all this. You're having a great time. Everything is good, but you got to leave this. Yeah. 
you got to leave this and you got to move forward. Yeah. Which is fucking nuts, man. That Where were you last time when we tried to answer? <laughs> you must have been like, wow, you know, passion, uh, commitment. Yeah. It went all right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you need both. No, but that's, a, yeah. that's an excellent yeah. way of looking at it, man. It just, yeah. uh, it strikes very true to me because I've heard that over and over the years that I just ignore my feelings, but I do it now in a positive way. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not ignoring my feelings to like to bury something away or, you know, like bottle something in. I'm doing it because it's standing in the way of what I'm trying to get up to next. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, it, and, and, and it, that, that's a big thing is, is for, uh, we need to understand, we need to start understanding as humans, as individuals, we're, until we become awake, until we understand that 99% of what we do is a reaction based on oh, yeah. fucking programming that happened from the ages of zero to four. Yeah, nurture, right? Yeah, until we understand that, we're still asleep. Until we learn to gain control of that and consciously choose a different direction, we're always just going to be machines and not the good type. We're going to be the machines that just do whatever that old programming tells us yep. without thinking about it. You know, and, 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 you know, one of the biggest changes in my life, you know, back this past summer was, you know, when I started to really apply that and I got up in the morning, I don't feel like getting up soon as I, as soon as that thought came in my head, I don't feel like doing it. Fucking boom. I did it. Yeah. I don't feel like doing dishes. Have to do it. Don't feel like doing laundry. Have to do it. And I started to realize the more, and, and don't think you got to change everything all at once, mm -hmm. but just do bits and pieces. So, and that's what it was. Like I went through a really bad depression there for a little while and I was just trying to get myself back on my feet. And it was like, I didn't feel like getting out. I mean, anyone who's suffered from depression before, you don't feel like doing anything. You just want to lay in bed all day and, and, and just hate yourself feel like shit you can yeah. find an excuse for anything at that yeah, point right yeah and I would just get okay get up make my bed okay made my bed and I'm like fine I don't want to do anything else you know what I'm just going to do a couple dishes did a couple dishes and maybe I didn't do anything else but I got home and I'm like okay I did that and then the next day I did that thing that thing and then one more thing mm -hmm. and then maybe I did that for a few days and then what happened was gradually got to the point where like I would get up in the morning I'd make my bed get ready, clean the washroom after I got ready, go downstairs, take the garbage out, start my laundry, I'd get meal prep done, I'd go outside grounding in my bare feet, meditating, get some friggin' peaceful time in, come back in, clean up the table, do the dishes again because I finished meal prepping, pack everything up. Holy fuck, it's been two hours and I've accomplished more in two hours than I normally would in three days. Right. Right. You start to realize, when you start acting based on your commitments, you start to realize that you are fucking unstoppable. Nothing can stop you except for yourself. Nothing can stop you except for, I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And when you say, fuck you, to I don't feel like it, it's amazing what you can accomplish. In a so to bring it through, day. this is reminding me, jumping in the lake, but cold shower. So like every day in the shower, right? I have a regular shower for a bit. And then I'm like, I look at the tap and I'm like, I don't really want to do this. But before I even finished that thought, I turned off the hot water. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I'm like, if I finish thinking about this, I'm just going to procrastinate. So, <laughs> yeah. man, I don't... And it's gone, yeah. and then it's cold, and I'm like, all right, this isn't so bad, and I stand yeah. there for a bit, and I'm like, you know what? No matter what happens today now, I already accomplished this. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I did it, and so now other shit I don't want to do, it's easy, because this is like a minute of being uncomfortable, and most shit doesn't make me uncomfortable. Just being super cold in the water, it's like, Ugh, Yeah, right? it sucks. <laughs> but like, otherwise, it's like, why is this? Why don't I want to do this? Uh, I'm just feeling lazy. That's easy to overcome. Yeah. It's like, that has no negative physiological effect on me at all, so... I can just do that now. Yeah. Right? But it's, it's like, just, this, it's a daily win. And it's just an easy pattern to get yeah. into. And like you, know? you said, and like you said, yeah. you start the momentum because if you get up in the morning, first thing, 
I don't feel like making bed. Make the bed. Take a shower. Yeah. I don't feel like turning the car. Boom. You start with two wins. And then you, you build momentum. Yep. And an object in motion stays in motion. It's the ripple effect. Man. Exactly, it's man. The ripple effect. It's the ripped effect. <laughs> it's the ripped effect. And it's funny, too, that it could hit us at all stages in life. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, uh, before you face this, you were a, a dedicated, regimented guy, right? You can't yeah. be where you're at today without that in your past. Yeah. And then one day it hits you that that's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I felt the same thing and it's weird, man. Cause sometimes you need those refreshers and self-awareness. Like I'm a big David Goggins guy. Oh now, yeah. Yeah. Just because, uh, I don't usually feel like I need, I, I'm not too into like the motivational hype. Right. I find like I could, I could do it to myself enough. Like, okay, I don't want to do this. Fuck it. Blah, blah. But yeah. I found I was getting, I was quitting on little shit. Yeah. I was still doing oh, big shit. Foundation. But I was quitting on little shit. And just like you said, it has that, that ripped rip, ripple ripped, effect. The yeah, ripped yeah. effect. And it, it just kicked in the one day when I was trying to do something, actually it was a push up challenge and I was in the middle of it. And I'm like, this is so fucking hard. Yeah. Nobody knows I'm recording this because some fucking guy on, Ye- or on uh, not Yahoo, uh, on the internet. Instagram. <laughs> that goes how old I'm. On MSN <laughs> Messenger. <laughs> I see you. Oh, shit. I see He challenged me this thing. So I'm doing this like push-up, uh, push-up challenge. And then in the middle of it, I'm like, this is so fucking hard. What am I doing? And then as soon as I, sa- I, I said that to me, the David Goggins uh, podcast I listened to, um, I just clicked in. I'm like, if I quit on this, what am I going to quit later on in the day? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I said, fuck this. Started pushing up like crazy, man. It just like gave me that, yeah. that energy. And then after, I'm like, I am fucking such a fool that I would have I quit there yeah. if it wasn't for watching that, that fucking podcast, yeah. which shouldn't have such a big effect on my life. But sometimes you need, at any stage in life, you need that, that click yeah. for like, hey, man, listen up. Stay, stay fresh. Stay on your A game. You, you know what I mean? You never know. None of us are immune to despondency. None of us are always... None of, none of us are always optimistic. None of us are always like, even like, you know, like David Goggins, like, you know, uh, uh, Jocko, like these yeah. guys, like they've, they all had people that helped them through tough times too. They all had people they looked up to. They all had people yeah. they listened to. And like the, the biggest mistake people can think is like, you might be able to do stuff alone, but like you, you need other, you need this garbage in versus garbage out. You know, if you put good shit into your head, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to produce good shit. If you put good shit into your head, you're going to produce shitty shit. If you put good food into your body, you're going to feel great. If you put fucking sh- dogs, coquito you know, dynamo in your body, you shit your pants for a couple days. But you'll feel great. But <laughs> feelings don't matter. The yeah, feelings. there you go. <laughs> yeah, get those feelings out of you. And it's the big things. So you like the big things and the little things. I, I look at the, the big things are the bricks. The little things are the mortar. Yeah. Right? You can have all the bricks in the world. You got no mortar. All it takes is a good gust of wind, and that wall is going down. And or mad dash you. Push yeah. right through yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Or mad dash you thinks it's a door. Just- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boosh. Did I yeah. just walk through something? <laughs> just one, the- one of the things, actually, too, that made me click is I used to be, I used to have the mentality, like, I'm self-made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've done this. I've done that. And it, was a, it wasn't until, uh, it was after one of the fights I guess in the commentary, I don't even remember. What I said is, I'm a product of those I train with, mm. those I hang out, yeah, and those absolutely. around me. Yep. I said that in the, in the post-fight speech. And then I was like, that's not self-made at all. <laughs> Why am I saying this bullshit? I'm self-made. I, I did this. I'm not at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I'm putting in the work. But there's yeah. been a lot of outside influences that helped me, help me where I am today. And everyone needs to realize that. And if you don't, no have, one is self-made. And if if you don't have that, you need to get it. Yeah, because you'll you'll maybe you're doing great or you're doing good, but you could do great. You could do better, man. You know Stand what I mean? on the shoulders of giants. Like that's the understanding. Like you know, you want to get to hang out with people like me, you know, my buddy Joe, for example. 
Like Shout out to Joe Arco, man. Joe Arco, and I had a one hour phone man. call conversation and Good. I still feel like he changed my whole way of thought and I can't get a hold of him again until there's a few things he touched on in that phone call. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to change that. And I'm going to make sure you didn't waste your time today. And I still haven't changed those things. And I, and I can't wait. And to yeah. him, it's like, to him, it means nothing. Like some phone call with Joel Paquette he had for an hour, made time out of his yeah. day. Like he's probably nothing. And I've been thinking of that since that day. And I don't believe in that shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe in these people. But he fucking changed everything. And now I have this like overlooming thing that I need to contact Joe and say that I've done these steps that you told me I need to do. Yeah. yeah. To prove it to him and prove it to me that I'm willing to take the steps necessary to evolve. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So shout out to Joe Arco, man. Like yeah, he touched on his name a few dude. times. And I He's was changed my life. He dude, I wasn't into that shit, but like, holy shit, man. Yeah. The conversation on the phone. He had me hyped right up. And there is, honestly, I've never met another human being ever. Never, never encountered another human being that is as dedicated to to self-development, to the development of the people around him. Like, he literally, like, I'm, I met this guy, I took that ATS, was, his course was one of the courses that right, changed the, the way, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, he, and he did, I found, he did business coaching too, right, for, for fitness professionals. So went over to his house, did a business coaching session. I remember telling him how much I charge. He wrote it up on the board, and it was 47 per hour, 47 per hour BS. He looks at me, he says, first fucking thing you do is you start, incre- you increase your rates. So I don't care what else you do. You increase your rates. And I had a hard time with that because my self-worth Absolutely. was very low. And I thought, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can charge more than that. Now I charge $110 an hour. Fuck yeah. And, you know, like, he, he believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. I remember the first night I went, went over to, like, go have, like, dinner with him and his now fiance and everything like that. And I remember, like, we were drinking and we were partying and stuff like that. And, and, and we, since then, we become, like, best friends. And well, this is actually one of the reasons why. So we go to his whiteboard in his office in his, in his house. He's got all these whiteboards up. He's a big fan of whiteboards because the guy just goes up the fucking like, like, you know, beautiful mind style, beautiful mind style. And he he's all this crazy. <laughs> and he's that. always sending me screenshots of like the way, like he, now he's got his own office and he's got whiteboards up all over the place. But he, he comes in and he says, tell me what you're worth. Like, how much do you want to make next year? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Cause now I'm under pressure. And I'm like, I don't want to say not enough. Cause he's going to think I'm a pussy. And I don't want to say too much. Cause <laughs> fuck, there's no way. I mean, and I'm like, uh, $250,000. It's like, right. 250,000. Looks at me, goes, that's it. And I'm like, uh, do I say more than <laughs> I that? Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm going to make 250 next year. Right, right. Like, if I make six figures, I'd be fucking happy. I'm like, okay, by the way. And he goes, okay, so you're going to do it? And I'm like, uh, and he slaps me in the face. So you're going to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Slaps me in the face. Is you going to do it? And he, the, the funny thing was that we were at this point. Yeah, the we funny were like, thing is you liked it. No, uh, and, and Joe, like, if you don't know Joe, like, he's lost some weight, so he, st- he stopped working out for a while because he had some back injuries and shit. But the guy's like six foot four. Like, I'm a strong fucking Luckily, dude. Joe's a big guy slapping you around. That's all I got to say. We almost, we almost came to blows at one point. I've been training with Molitor for like two years at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I get punched through brick walls at right. this point. But Joe's like six foot four, and I've worked out with him, and he's actually one of the strongest human beings I've worked out with. And right now, he's kind of out of shape and stuff, so he's going to hear this and be like, fuck you, man. Yeah. But like, at one point, we're in the kitchen, and he keeps kind of hitting me, and he like, shoved me at one point and it turned into because we like polished off like a 40 whiskey at this oh, point fuck, yeah and i remember that anyway so that kind of blows over he passes out and like they stayed over there the next night the next, and i remember he wakes up in the morning and so he's he's in bed with sarah or something i think i think i left before he woke up and he sends me a message he's like dude that was a great night last night i'm like yeah it was cool and he's like wait a second and i'm waiting and he goes sarah's telling me some shit and he's like oh dude 
oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And we didn't know each other that well yet at this yeah, point. Like yeah. we'd hung out. That was our first time really hanging out, <laughs> having a nice dinner. I'm over to his house. And he sends that Ryan Reynolds, that, 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 that gif where he's like, oh, God. And he's like, she's telling me what I did last night. I'm so fucking sorry. I'm like, dude, it made me feel like I was at home. Yeah. I mean, I drank, <laughs> drunk with my buddies on whiskey. We almost got in the book. But the thing was is that he, he wasn't hitting me to be a dick. He, was, he, he saw potential in me that I never saw in myself. And he just wanted me to wake up. Only one person in my life ever gave a shit about me enough to just grab me and shake me and be like, yes, you can fucking do it. And it was a cousin of mine that was one of the most important people in my life. He passed away when I was 26. And like, you know, and, and it sucked. He was one of, one of my fucking heroes in life. And right. that guy fucking cared enough about me to literally fucking like, and to literally just fucking like grab me, shake me, like, hit, like I want you to win so fucking bad. I just want to shake you. You know what I mean? And we've been, <laughs> I, think, I don't know if it's just because like, he was like, oh man, this guy's a good guy. We almost came to blows over whiskey. We're still buddies, <laughs> but we've been best friends ever since. And then literally he's just, he's like, I will not let you. He's like, I'm going to the fucking top. You're coming with me. I don't care if it's kicking or screaming. I don't give a shit. And he's stayed with me since day one. And he's helped me with so many things. And he's always there if I need him. He's been, you know, he's an incredible human being. I couldn't say enough about the guy. Well, he probably sees a lot of uh, himself in you. you I know what so. I mean? Like I, I actually look at both of you almost kind of, this, not in the same way, but like you're both that type of people. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? You're both reaching for more and you're not cutting down the people beside you. Yeah, You're yeah. helping people and that's what's going to make you grow ultimately the most, right? Yeah, yeah. Whoever tries to, to go up and chopping people on the way, eventually it's a fail. You know what yeah. I mean? Whether it's uh, you get to the top but you can't sleep at night, it's a fail eventually, right? Agreed. But if you help everyone grow on your way, like you and Joe Arco both do, like you're fucking such a nice dude to everyone you meet, man. I know I could bring you anywhere, right? And you're going to be nice to everyone and you're going to try to help anybody you can. Yeah. Right? Yeah, fuck that's 100%. That's, 100%. That's, I honestly think that's one of my purposes. So that's probably what he sees in you. And you're that type of guy where stimulus saying, hey, wake up isn't going to be, you need to be roughed up a little bit. <laughs> yes, true, dude. <laughs> you do, you do, right? Like that makes sense to Sometimes me. Sometimes I actually have to get hit before. <laughs> yeah, it needs to get physical. And then, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. He's yeah. right. Yeah, it's like I'll, me getting in shit. If my old man just said, hey, don't do that, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, then you get one across the head or a fucking belt. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> well, and, and is it, and, compound? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> papa, Steve. <laughs> well, as a fighter, you know, like one of the best ways to learn shit is to spar. Because yeah. if you don't put your hands up, you get punched in the head. You get punched in the head six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. All of a sudden, your hand goes up, and you don't even realize yeah. it's up. Yeah, because that hurts. Yeah, welcome to real life. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I think honestly, I think to some degree, that's that's a that's a big problem with society now in terms of kids. And I don't mean hit your kids but there's no fucking consequences anymore like oh you're not doing well in school ah, eh, just send them next grade anyways oh they didn't win the game i ah, give them a fucking trophy anyways and we're just like we're literally like neutralizing people's you know people's drive we're just saying we're it's doing okay harm. To we're doing be. harm absolutely yeah for sure yeah yeah it's, it's very much to the detriment of society we need to teach how do you go to the next step how do you get good at it if you're shit you don't get a fucking what ribbon. What do you do about it? Here, yeah. we're going to teach you how you're going to get better. You know what I mean? That's what that's what society needs more than anything. But like you said, we're getting the fucking water down. Well, but is that is that with every evolution? Like I know my old man, he'd be like, you guys are all soft as baby shit. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> is that just us getting old and be like, these young pumps are pussies? Uh, well, maybe a bit to some degree, but I'll tell you a funny story. Like I remember, you know, years ago, so I got bullied a lot through school and stuff. I obviously wasn't that big back then. And I met one of the guys that, that bullied me, and we were poor and stuff like that, whatever, anyways, blah, 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 sob story. I met one of the guys that bullied me the most ever, and I didn't like, meet him, but I saw him at the bar one night, and this is probably like, you know, mid to late 20s, and he was super nice to me. 
out of nowhere. And I hadn't seen right. the guy basically since high school. And I'm like, fuck, I kind of in my head, I'm like, I just want to punch this guy in the fucking face yeah. one day. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he was trying to be super nice to me. I remember seeing him outside. I'm like, well, dude, why are you being nice to me? You treat me like shit all the way through school. And he's like, ah, and he's like, you know, I was a fucking dick back then. And he says, but, but look, look at what you are now because of what I did. And I was like, fuck, he's right. He is right. I mean, you know what? Like, I, I didn't work out because I wanted to work out. I worked out because I got fucking bullied. Yeah. Right. You know, I became who I am today because of all the bullshit I went through. It wasn't because life was easy. You know, like, in, in evolution happens. Whoever survives is they survive out of necessity. They survive because something is trying to destroy them or kill them or break them down, take their life, starve them whatever you want. That's why people get stronger. That's why life gets stronger. That's how it grows. It grows because of adversity. Pressure creates diamonds. When you work out, do you get stronger if you lift light, light weights? No, you get stronger when you go fucking heavy. You have to face a battle. Your, your body has to say, holy shit, I have to win next time. Otherwise, this is going to kill me. That's what makes you stronger. You break something down, you beat it up, it comes back stronger, right? And, and I think, yeah, fuck, we need that. Oh, that's, that. that's one of the things I forget what the quote is, but basically is uh, the worst thing for a man is to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, if there's no struggle, there's no adaptation. Why be and, alive? And, and that's what our whole life should be. Right. Yeah. Adapting to be better or whatever, 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 you yeah. know? Yeah. I want to bring it back a little bit kind of off track though, but we're talking about the triangle. We got the commitment feelings, uh, actions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh behavior. Yeah. Behavior. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Um, how do you relate that triangle to relationships? Now, you said it has mm-hmm. to do with relationships and yep. marriage and things. But if you go based off of commitment all the time, um, feelings are required for relationships. Mm-hmm. How does that work out in that sort of dynamic? I've, I've encountered some of this in myself. Okay. And uh, that whole robotic mode yeah. doesn't go over well quite often. Okay. So, so commitment versus feelings. So it doesn't mean that you have no feelings. No, absolutely. It just means that you don't necessarily act on negative feelings. So you're focusing on the positive aspects of the feelings? Yeah, to some degree. Now, let's say you're in a relationship that's, uh, you know, let's say you're in a relationship that's, that's not going anywhere. It's abusive. You know, like... Let you, me rank. So what about so your give personal me an, give experience? Me an personal give experience me. in a relationship that, say, hasn't worked out, obviously. Mm-hmm because you're in one now that is working out, but mm-hmm. say historically, how does that pyramid look in a real life situation? Okay. Well, let's say for real life, it depends on the individual, but you know, let's say, okay, feelings, commitment. So let's say, let's say you're in a, in a situation where you're unhappy with a person you're with. And let's say you've, you know, if you maybe have low self-worth issues and now you're going to go seek something to make you feel better outside of the relationship or mm-hmm. another relationship because what you have in the relationship isn't making you feel good. But that's feeling-based, not commitment-based. So if you're exactly. committed to the person, then those feelings don't matter. So I'm just, you see what I'm saying? Like, I understand that it's more complex, mm-hmm. but how do you apply that in everyday life? Because if I say, well, I'm committed to you in a relationship, but I feel like shit and you make, or I feel like shit based off some of the things that you're doing and I don't know what to do about it, but I'm committed. Like that's, that's a real dead end cycle, right? So then, so it's important that you're with someone who is also committed, right? right. So if you're, if you're in a relationship and you're the only one putting your best foot forward, it's not going to work. So get out, jump ship. So that's what I, I guess that's what I'm saying is it's easy to talk about, but without some of the details, I think it's a little bit more intricate than that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, nothing is ever simple as, as, as just this or just that. But I mean, the way, the way I look at it a lot of times is, you know, if you're, if you're in a situation, you know, if you, if you, if you care about someone, 
and you're committed to making that relationship work, and they care about you, and they're committed to making right. that relationship work, then you're going to communicate, and you're going to be able to come to some terms. Even if there's some things you don't agree on, you're willing to meet each other halfway. Yeah. Maybe you need to go to counseling. Maybe you need to read some books. Maybe you need to sing Kumbaya. Maybe you need to have sex more. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you need to go start playing the fucking badminton together. I don't know what it is, and I don't know yeah. what it is because everyone's different. But either you're both making an effort, or one's making an effort, and you're going to fail. And then that's where you decide commitment don't mean shit. So your feelings are Yeah, valid. you gotta you, you gotta understand there's it. a difference between giving up and letting go. That's what I'm after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The rise against song, right? Like there's a you know, like you you giving up is like I'm th- I'm I'm throwing in the towel. I surrender. Versus letting go is you know what I did my best. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one here doing my best. But you gotta love yourself too. Right, and if you don't, if you don't, if you don't love yourself, you can't properly love someone else. If you're allow, if you're going to allow yourself to stay in a situation that isn't successful, then you're not really loving yourself either. And then you're doing that to the detriment of any, everyone around you. If 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 something in a relationship is causing you to feel negatively, then you're going to you're gonna you're gonna just like a disease. You're gonna be negative to other people all around you, and now you're just spreading that throughout the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in the right relationship, things should be positive, and you should feel good, and we should be working things out, and like. Nothing's going to be perfect. It's just like, just like we said, the struggles, like the bullies and all that shit. You should butt heads. You should argue. You should fight. It's that challenge that brings you both to the next level. As long as you're committed to each other and you understand, yeah, we'll fight sometimes, but I still know that you care about me. You still know that I care about you, and we're going to work step by step yep. on bringing this to the next level. Should be. I feel like relationships should be synergistic. Which means that, you know, if, if I'm in a relationship with Muscle Bill and he's a fucking nine and I'm a nine, us two together make it 27. <laughs> Bingo. Right? We don't make an 18. It's not just him plus me or, or, or yeah. a freaking, or a zero. Exponential. Right? It's like, yeah. 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 You we know mul- what I mean? We multiply. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, the, the sum of you two to get together is, ends up being greater than what you could, than what you would have been separately added together sure. because you work so well together. You should compliment each other. I want to bring oh. back the training now, too. Yes. I don't know about the ass baby you guys are going to have. But <laughs> yeah. You know it'll have a nice fucking beard. <laughs> That's right. It will. Amen. It'll be fucking handsome as hell. So charming. But I think uh, just touch on that. Yeah. In the end, you just have to be honest with yourself, too. Yeah. Whether you're experiencing those feelings or whatever. You know, I'm not the best one to talk about. I'm the worst one to talk about feelings. Uh, just be honest with you. You know what? Oh, yeah. I'm feeling this. Take Take everything, be, be third party to it. Is this feeling because of me, because of something that happened in my life, mm. or is it because of her? Yeah. You know, she's banging every dude. You can't blame yourself. No. You know what I mean? Well, Unless maybe you're not, maybe maybe not, you're not cutting the mustard, <laughs> but whatever. Like, obviously, it's not working. Yeah. So yeah. fucking be honest with yourself and bail out or whatever. Yeah. But that's a lot of it is just you got you to look yeah. at whatever the issue is. How do I feel? Is it good for this? Is it, is it for the improvement of everyone? Yeah. Is it just for the improvement of me? Is it for the improvement of her? Or any kind of situation, I guess. Absolutely, and if yeah. it's not for both people, then it's not working. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, I can't say the word. It started with an S. Synergy. synergy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Stick with synergy. <laughs> Joel's all about the energy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you had that's me at energy. That's right. <laughs> when, when, when did we go to Texas? Or you could say, I put the sin in synergy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I just made I like that it. up. Yeah, that was trademark I like that this shit. Podcast, this podcast shit. So we wanted to talk about some training. We want to talk about working out. Yes. Warm-ups. Working out with Mad Dash, you yes, okay. Can so, you walk us through how that works? Yeah, so so typically, I, I I honestly think so. So just hopping on a treadmill and and walking or jogging for a few minutes, 
you'll get your core temperature up and that's not horrible, but really the rest is, your kid's kind of useless. For me, a warm up should be layered and it should serve several purposes. So for one, for, for me, typically I always start with uh, some self myofascial release. So essentially some, some dedicated foam rolling to the areas that I know based on an assessment um, are, are too short, overactive. Yep. So I was talking about that length tension balance before. So if a muscle is too short and overactive, its ability to generate force is decreased. Yep. If, if the opposing side is lengthened and underactive, its ability to generate force is also decreased. So that's where like the warm up shit, like when I learned that because I'm performance based, right? I was like, oh fuck, hey, foam rolling is not sexy. It's not cool. No one fucking really wants to foam roll, but shit, it's going to make me stronger. Give me that fucking I mean, foam roll. I mean, yeah, but yeah. also like actually foam rolling in a way that's maybe a little more effective versus just rolling back and forth yeah. on some bullshit, right? Like there's exactly, a difference. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so foam rolling based on creating. So what you're trying to do is create a neurological response. So you're trying to reduce neurological tone. Neurological tone being a function of the central nervous system, right? So have you ever seen a guy get knocked out in UFC before and his leg bends back around his head and you're like, holy fuck, how did it not break? Well, because he was unconscious, Yeah. right? If he was conscious and he went down like that, something probably would have snapped. He would have pulled right? muscles. Yeah, so a lot of these muscles are are tight based on something that's going on in our central nervous system. Okay. I go in down a rabbit hole with that. But anyway, so the first kind of layer to a warm up would be releasing overactive muscles. The next would be, I tend to mobilize them through some sort of movement pattern. So I think of this kind of like, uh, as, Oh yeah, I've released, but now I want to, I want to explore that new range of motion with an exercise. And I do that through micro oscillation. So, you know, I might go into an end range of motion, shift back an inch back into that end range of motion, shift back an inch. I might do that 15 reps. So after that, I do an activation. So that's where I did the, the opposing muscle group. So if we had one muscle group that was short and overactive, we re reduce the neurological tone, you know, uh, uh, explore that new range of motion. Now we want to address the, the antagonist to that, and we want to do an activation exercise. So let's put that into context. Then. Like for, a quad for to myself, a hamstring. For myself, let's say it's your quad. My yeah. hamstrings are tight as fuck. Yeah. So we would do a hamstring roll with the foam roller yeah and then a quad activation is what you're saying potentially hamstrings though are a little bit of a different monster yeah 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 because hamstrings are hamstrings a couple things can happen with hamstrings so it could be a fascial tension throughout your foot so a fascial line for example so if you went through the back fascial line fascial tension in any one part of a line can cause a mobility issue any other part so a lot of times people might have too much tension in their feet so that's why you've heard of people roll out their feet all of a sudden their hamstrings getting Everything's a lot of better yeah, yeah for sure so that's one aspect i love doing that by the way oh with, yeah with like a golf ball or something yeah yeah unbelievable i got ticklish feet so it's kind of like ow <laughs> ow <laughs> yeah giggling like a little girl yeah but it's great man it's great anyways continue your nipples like, get hard too <laughs> <laughs> mine do i'm rubbing them um, <laughs> <laughs> don't mind the great I thought, sweat i thought that's ladies. how you do it I I thought that's how you do it. <laughs> the other thing with the hamstring, so um, is a concept of proximal stability, distal mobility. I think I might have mentioned this before, but yeah. well, essentially what that means your central nervous system has built-in protective me mechanisms. If your core muscles aren't firing properly, your central nervous system will create stability by immobilizing certain tissues. So Such it'll, as walking on ice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're taking that, that you're, you're, you're getting that yeah. uh, stability from somewhere else. So I do, in my assessment, I do an active straight leg raise. So basically someone lays on their back with their knees locked out. They try to lift one leg up slowly as far as they can. Now let's say they only go 45 degrees. 
Well, that's not a pass. I'm at 30, roughly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fail. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, sometimes mine don't go terribly far either. Yeah. Now, if I were to take that client and do a core activation exercise yeah. specifically with end range expiration, like a big, deep breath, fully blowing out all the air, forcefully contracting their core. I'm pulling down on their knee. They're squeezing, 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 do three reps of that retest. It might go to 90 degrees all the sure. time. Yep. And it can happen that fast. So if I send a sen- uh, signal to the central nervous system that the anterior core is firing properly, it will release the tension from the other area because now it's getting the stabilization it needs. So that could be a thing. Um, also, sometimes hamstring tension can be posturally based. So if you have an anterior pelvic tilt where the front of your pelvis is tilting forward, potentially because of flat feet, for example, um, then and then tight, tight hip flexors, then the insertion, so where your hamstring inserts on the bottom of your knee to the, the, the backside of your hip, it's going to be stretched. So really it feels like it's tight, but it's tight because it has to be tight because it's being lengthened it's based on posture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but uh, that's why I like to use the calf, for example. So maybe All I right, might release the calf yep. and then activate the tibialis anterior, which is that shin muscle yep. on the opposite side. Yeah, yeah. And typically, for example, if I'm going to release uh, quad muscles, I don't activate hamstring. I always go glute. Right. Uh, so almost always your hamstrings and your lower back muscles uh, will be firing preferentially and they'll cut out the glutes. Yeah. Um, and this is called synergistic dominance. So your hamstrings, your glutes, and your spinal erectors work as synergists. We put the syn in synergy. <laughs> and, they, and they all work to, to create hip extension. And... You can still extend your hips to some degree without the glutes, and then a lot of times they'll get cut off, and that's why the hamstring might get a little bit. Uh, sure. So if you if you were to release, say, your hip flexors or your rectus femoris, that, that center quad muscle, and then activate your glutes, that helps to kind of restore that pelvic tilt. And then over time, as you reprogram your body to maintain a more neutral pelvic tilt, you'll notice your hamstrings just aren't tight anymore yep. because they aren't on stretch. They don't time. have to be. Yeah. 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 So then to go through the warm up, then after that, mobilization, you've got some activation. Yeah. And then we got integration. So that's where we're going to take these muscles essentially that we've that we've uh, uh, re- uh, released and activated and, and mobilated, and now we're going to integrate them through a movement pattern. Um, so I like, I love one of my favorites, the world's greatest stretch. Um, and, and it's just like, that's, that's the name of it. I didn't make up that name yeah. and it's a pretty damn good stretch. Don't get me wrong. I don't I've never the heard best of it. in the world, yeah. but essentially, basically you start in a neutral position. So you're standing on both feet. I do a bracing sequence to set up neutral spine. So squeeze my glutes, brace my core, shoulder blades down and back. Once my core is braced, I can release the glutes. So I keep that tension on my core and that's going to maintain my pelvic tilt. Yeah. I step back kind of into a reverse lunge position. I replace the foot I step back with, with my other hand. And then that elbow from the other hand or from the other opposite side is going to go towards the instep of my foot. I'm going to sink down. So now let's say from, for example, for me, I always know my calves are tight. I always know my, usually actually it's not so bad anymore, but my rectus femoris and my adductors are tight. So my middle quad muscle, my adductors are tight. So I go release, release, release. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I activate here, activate tibialis posterior, and I, I'm going to activate glutes. So when I'm doing my integration exercise, when I do this one, I'm challenging dorsiflexion because my back leg is on the toe. Yep. So I'm stretching out that one calf plus activating my tibialis anterior. As I sink down into that first part of the world's greatest stretch, I'm stretching the adductor and the rectus femoris. And that leg that's back, I'm actually activating my glutes. So now I'm, again, I'm, I'm stretching these ones that I was trying to release plus activating those at the same time, but I'm doing it through a movement pattern that would be 
you know, one of the primal or fundamental movement patterns. With this one too, I also throw in a rotation. So yeah. I'll reach up towards the ceiling to get a little bit of T-spine rotational work. A lot of times people's T-spines are really bound up. So they end up with shoulder issues if they're trying to do a lot of overhead pressing. Sometimes they end up with breathing issues. They end up maybe being a little bit more chest breathers. Yeah. And they might be kyphotic, which means their upper back kind of rounds. Um, I find a lot of time they get lower back pain doing overhead stuff because they get their extension through the, uh, the lumbar instead of that. Exactly. And the pressure comes down and... Yeah. Oh, my back hurts when I overhead press. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's typically the junction between the thoracic spine and the lumbar spine a lot of times. But exactly, yeah. you're right, because their, their, their pelvis is tilting. So that would be a perfect example of someone who would need to do that. Yeah. And then learn to do neutral spine and then extend through the, the thoracic spine to do an overhead yep. press. Yeah. And then after that, if you felt so inclined. So, so typically too, when I'm doing my warm up stuff, I'm doing diaphragmatic breathing, which makes me parasympathetic, which means I'm not fight or flight. So the key thing when you're doing foam rolling, so we were talking about like uh, foam rolling one way versus another way. Yeah. When you do long, slow passes through an entire muscle group, you're not really doing anything other than increasing circulation and maybe releasing some endorphins. So endorphins get released anytime you're stressed or in pain. So important thing when you're trying to do self-myofascial release to reduce neurological tone, you don't want to be in pain. I haven't seen a lot of people who yeah. look relaxed when they're in pain. No, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so on a scale of like one to 10, you don't want to go over five or six. And you want to find a tender spot, we'll say trigger point, but you want to find a tender spot and either do a static compression for 35 to 45 seconds where you just stay on it, or you do like a micro oscillation where you're going basically about an inch back and forth. And you might do that for 15 reps or 30 to 45 seconds. Yep. That's how you reduce neurologic. As long, those long passes, that's great for post-workout to help reduce DOMS and increase the speed of your recovery. Sure. And then increase, you know, it helps for just feeling good afterwards. I love that stretch that you described. I know exactly what you're talking about. Man. Yeah, yeah. It puts that whole body, especially when you twist, go arm oh. to the, Like everywhere is getting activated or stretching right. or something. And if you have a weakness, it's going to show. Yes, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, so if you're doing all this stuff and you're doing your diaphragmatic breathing, essentially now you're going to go into your workout and you feel like calm and chilled out all Zen yeah, mode. Exactly. You might want to do a central nervous system activation. So you might specifically do, and you're not, you want to activate, not annihilate. So you might do a, you know, full body med ball slam, three sets, five to five reps, uh, as hard as you can slam. I always, I always tell my clients, imagine it's your trainer's head. No one has grabbed it and cradled it and kissed it yet. It's okay, Matt. We like it. Everything's going to be okay. (laughs) And then slam the ball on the ground as hard as you can. You know, and that way you're just waking the system back up. You're preparing yourself for war again. That that might be a warm-up in in Matt's world for lower body, for example. Might be. Yeah. And you could do some core activation. So let's say, for example, I did that active straight leg raise. And you know that when you go to, you know that when you go to stretch your posterior chain, uh, it's not going very far unless you activate the core. Well, after my release work, you know, uh, and my activation work, I might do, or sorry, after my release work, I might do a core activation before I do my mobilization work. Right. Right. And the, the, the important thing is, is that if you just did that foam rolling and the activation, but you did nothing else, like you're not really creating a dramatic effect that's going to last long term. You have to go through this process of doing some neural re-education. So a lot of what happens in the body takes place in the brain. And once you get everything balanced out, that's why you do that integrative motor pattern, that, that motor pattern, maybe it's that the world's greatest stretch or whatever it might be, because what you're doing is you're training the brain now to do that movement with everything positioned properly. And the more you do that, the more your body will just kind of start to like hold itself properly or perform properly. And it becomes an unconscious competence where you don't have to, th- I don't have to think about neutral spine anymore. Neutral spine just, just there. It's yeah. just there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone can throw every excuse or whatever at, 
at someone like you, but this is what separates the elite from the regular person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. We talked about workout. You haven't lifted a single weight yet. No. <laughs> We've been talking for 20 minutes about your yeah. workout and you haven't lifted a weight yet. No, this exactly. This is the shit that makes the huge differences now. You know, so, I'll tell you, like I, I, I used to be, so I remember my buddy, so remember my buddy this is back when i was probably about 30 you know his his friend had saw me at a grocery store and he said your friend is so big he can't even walk right i remember telling me this <laughs> laughing that's ah, funny but it's not because i was big it's because i was too fucking bound up yeah yep. and and it was it was understanding how to do my warm-up that saved me because i was in chronic pain i had knee issues i had uh ever since i was like eight years old i had an un unstable sacroiliac joint um, shoulder pain, all this stuff. And I remember I started doing electrical work in my, at the time I was 30, my 38 year old overweight bald boss was able to get in positions I couldn't get into. And I'm like, this guy's out of shape and like yep. old and shit. And like, I'm supposed to be jacked and fucking somehow he's yeah. stronger and better than me yeah, and all this stuff. Like, what the hell? Well, I was, because the muscles that were short and overactive reduced ability to generate force. The muscles that were lengthened and underactive reduced ability to generate force. So not only was I not as strong, but I was in pain. I was bound up. I couldn't do stuff. So learning how to dial in my warm-up, honestly, it was probably one of the single most important things I ever learned in my training journey so far. And when I learned how to do that, like, oh my, unless I'm an idiot and I punch something and fucking hurt my hand, I almost never have aches or pains at all. And I would say those last couple of years, I've lifted more weight than I ever have in my life. Wait, throw, throw out some numbers yeah. just so people know. Like, you uh, lift some serious fucking yeah, weight. And what did you do at that powerlift competition? Uh, I did a 750-pound frame deadlift. Uh, we did a 590-pound Conan's wheel. I did three and a half rounds of that. Uh, we were doing, uh, I think, 260-pound Viking press. I did that for... No, we did like a, this uh, carry medley. So it was like a 225-pound keg and then like a 250-pound Husafeld stone. And it was a barrel filled with water. I don't know, but it fucking weighed too much. <laughs> and you did the, uh, you did the, Highland, Celtic, games. the Highland Games, the Highland right? Games, right? Yeah, so which so you're whipping shit around at fucking yeah, you crazy just forces. throwing heavy cannonballs. I mean, you're spinning around with some of these and you're generating 600, 700 pounds of force around and stuff like that. So, so, your body's so the fact that you're not getting injured is, is speaking volumes. I mean, yeah. you're yeah. not going in there and doing easy workouts. You're no. going in there and doing some crazy oh, shit, Yesterday, man. I hadn't worked out and I hadn't done deadlifts in three weeks because of my hand. Yesterday, I went in and deadlifted 500 <laughs> pounds for that. a set of eight. I see that. You know. Yeah. So, like, so, fuck, I wish I could get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, Good yeah. for you. And, and the more you learn how to dial all this shit into, the more you learn to understand your body and understand like the mechanics and how and why this shit works. The more you just pinpoint these little things, like before your workout, you could feel, okay, this isn't firing properly. And then you just do a different activation sequence. Or this yep. feels tight. And you can, and you really just like, you can individualize everything you do for yourself based on just a body awareness after a while and knowing the tools, knowing the, the, the how to, uh, essentially like understanding how to warm up your body properly is like learning how to biohack the body. Yep. You know, you understand how, how things work, why they work, what receptors you're trying to almost like modulate, what effect you're trying to create on the body. If you're, if you're sympathetic, for example, if you're sympathetic, if you're in this fight or flight, muscle's going to be tighter. Yep. <laughs> so if yeah, you're trying right to do, off the get-go. Yeah, yeah, if you're trying to do release work and something fucking hurts, you're not going to get as much release out of it. Hey, I got a question for you before I forget, actually. Now that you mentioned SI, sacroiliac yes. uh, pain. Okay, I know you and I are both big uh, one-handed um, dumbbell pressing for, and I started doing that because you, yeah, right. So I did that at the gym not too long ago. I was in Pop London, right? I no, I didn't. But a guy made me realize something. So I'm doing one-handed presses. Never thought of my SI joint. I've uh -huh. had reoccurring SI joint pain. Yeah. So I'm doing the one-handed dumbbells, whatever, whatever. Set it down. And this guy comes over to me. He goes, "Man, if I did one of those, I'd blow my SI." 
I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> I go, maybe that's why I've been blowing mine all the time. So yeah. is the one-arm dumbbell press that bad for the SI joint? This is a question just for me. I don't yeah. care who's listening right now. <laughs> so one of the things I realized is when Can I was we just doing- just go to East End yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah. just maybe pause. Is it still open? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, let's go. Um, one of the things I realized when I was doing the one-handed stuff and the uh, alternating stuff is I was putting my SI joint out much more regularly. However, is that the cause? No. And can you work around it by strengthening the SI joint? Yes. A lot of times SI dysfunction oftentimes comes down to the feet. So feet, feet's a big thing. But it also, so there's the, the sacrotuberous ligament or some weird shit like that anyways. But the ligament essentially that kind of connects your sacrum to your um, hip here. But if, if it doesn't have stiffness, then you're much more likely to, to discombobulate your SI joint. Uh, I haven't put my SI joint out in over a year now. Nice. Good. I'm and glad to hear that. And that's still deadlifting 700 pounds. And, and so strengthening your feet, um, strengthening your glutes, learning how to like an active foot, that kind of thing, but core, like brace and knowing how to brace your core properly and neutralizing pelvic, pelvic tilt. I've done a ton of research on this because it's been an issue for myself and, and so many of my clients. Um, a lot of times, so not stretching of the hamstring, but release. So myofascial release of the hamstring can help. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, if you're... If your, SI, if your SI joint is going out regularly, it's kind of a combination of different things, but I'd start with the feet for sure, release the hammies, and then make sure you're doing lots of glute activation. I just never thought of it as being one of the culprits. You know, I've never hurt my SI during a one-handed dumbbell lift. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's always just like random shit or whatever. Yeah. But then after that guy said that, I'm like, holy shit, maybe I should look into that because I fuck up my SI all the time and I try to bang these out with way more weight than I should. Yeah. Maybe that's just a bad thing. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you got to... You gotta get your body ready for it. Train appropriately, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and I I don't think, honestly, I think one of the reasons why I became as strong as I became was because I did a lot of that uh, single arm stuff, incline alternating dumbbell press. I mean, I was doing incline alternating dumbbell press with the 140s for sets of like 16. Yeah, I've seen you do it the one time in in London. I'm like, this guy looks like a gorilla. (laughs) You said those exact words. Yeah, I wanted, like, this is exactly what I want to look like, lifted weights. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
So that's why when I was saying, dude, that world greatest stretch, for example, you flexing your glute in the position where you're, where you're, where you're uh, stretching your rectus your femoris. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you, when you fire one muscle really hard, the antagonist or the opposing muscle group gets sent a signal to deactivate. And that's a protective mechanism. Because otherwise, if we were sprinting, when we drove one leg right behind us, as our glute was firing and a hamstring was firing, our fucking quads would blow right yeah, off our blow hips. blow a tire. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's actually another one of those crazy built-in safety mechanisms. But once you learn how to use that, then when you're doing your mobilization work, okay, what muscle's tight and what muscle needs to activate? So when you're in that stretch position, now I activate the opposing muscle group and fucking, you won't feel it at the time. You don't feel like, oh, it's deactivating, but you helped again that you're kind of programming the nervous system to, okay, when this one fires, this one loosens up a little bit. And over time, you can start to restore that balance. So the glute's one of those things, eh? Just a prick to get going. Yeah. Yeah. I do every single lower, lower body workout I do. And, and in reality, if you have to always do, if you're always activating the same muscle groups, then, then potentially you're doing something that either not right or whatever but i just i just it's just a habit for me i always activate the glutes um just because i for me i just like to feel make sure they're working they're one of those uh often overlooked super important muscle groups um you know if you get lower back pain when you're squatting all the time ankle mobility glutes aren't firing <laughs> and if anyone's watching you want it to look tight Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Plus, <laughs> you got look good for the ground, bro. Plus, man, doing doing you know hip extensions from the ground. I call them air humps too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you just stare at some guy in the face while you're doing them and smile. <laughs> it's one of the most intimidating yeah. things you can do. He's like, why does this guy look so calm while he's doing this? He must be a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try. And that then next go time. curl in the squat rack. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, now that my glutes are warm, I'm doing biceps. Yeah. <laughs> I learned so much from Dashie's podcast. <laughs> A couple squats, I'm ready to go. There bicep go. curls yeah. all day, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, you don't even do bicep curls, really. Not until you know what I train arms a little bit more now. For years, I didn't because genetically, my arms grow really fast. So just hang on. We're gonna just put this out into the world. Matt Dashie, everybody. He told me one time, or many times, I don't train arms because they grow too fast, too big. Yep. Who the fuck is Matt? <laughs> what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> it makes the rest of my lifts too hard and inefficient, so my arms get too well, big. Well, no, it was... I'm like, <laughs> they made the rest of me look ridiculous. If you've got giant arms and yeah. moderate everything else, then you kind of look like a douchebag. And I already look like a douchebag, so I had to like minimize the douchebaggery. But anyway. so, so as a fighter, you know, for example, like if you got giant biceps, yeah, like really, I got tiny biceps. I never work them. Like, well, I'm like you. You right? don't I, want them to get too tight because they're antagonistic to your punches for yep, one. Right. Yep. If you got giant pecs and giant biceps, then they're going to be inhibitory towards a lot of things that you're doing. So arms being bulky is not necessarily a great thing. If you're looking, they are a secondary muscle group for your biceps are a secondary muscle group, for, obviously for all your pulls. Yep. They stabilize when you're, they help to stabilize when you're pressing. Triceps obviously are super important. So I, I've started over, and, and one, <laughs> this is, this is, just a fucking egotistical thing for me. I, once I, well, I got up to like 220 pounds, and I'm like, my buddy Carl's like, let's do an arm workout. And I'm like, all right, I'll humor him. I never do arms anymore. And I did an arm workout. And I'm like, holy fuck, the rest of me looks even bigger now, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. lean, you look bigger than when you're just a little bit less lean. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that bodybuilder thing. Where well, I started to realize yeah. that when I trained arms, I squeezed everything so hard. So it was like the rest of my everything body was got bulging up. anyways. Yeah. yeah so because I'll do an arm workout. Intelligently. Yes, that's right, right? It's like yeah. integration. So now when I do an arm workout, that's selfie day. That's <laughs> that selfie day. Amen, brother. Been yeah. doing that since I was 20. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got one vein. 
I'm glad that's wow. the biggest fucking armband I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen in my life, though. <laughs> I'm gonna milk it till the day I die. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, what's next for Matt Deshu? Um, well, what do you got going on? There's lots, there's lots going on. Oh, so you I, should plug your. Uh, you got that eight week. Your eight week. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm doing an eight week program. So this is this is 1.0. Um, so it's it's uh, it's not just a workout program. So I got into personal training because I wanted to help people. I didn't want to just necessarily, I, I, I kind of use physical fitness as the vehicle for helping people hopefully make other positive changes in their lives and develop attitudes that's going to help them everywhere in life. And, um, you know, Joe and I actually were coming up and he wanted to say, why don't you come up with this idea for, and he said, you really like, like, who is the Canadian? What does it mean to be a Titan? Like, what are these things that you do? And like, what is it, you know, if you were trying to teach someone to be, you know, to, to, to live the right way or whatever, like what, what are the things that you would want people to know that the tool that they could have on their journey? So I kind of got to work and I put all these different ideas together and came up with this, you know, eight week program. So all the programming, um, this is kind of my, you know, my own spin on a conjugate, but a conjugate program. So I've got like, you know, uh, several different types of training involved. Um, um, but it's not just the workouts. I also do, so every week there's, there's lessons. So there's might be lessons on uh, different types of exercises. So for example, like you know, I might do lessons on proper core training. So what's the, the concept of anti-core training, anti-extension, anti-rotation, anti-lateral training? Um, you know, why are carries so important? Why is crawling such a great core exercise, for example? What is max effort training? What is dynamic effort training? Mm-hmm. So I give lessons on all of that stuff, plus there's videos on how to do these different things correctly. Plus there's also nutritional pointers. So week one, just keep a journal. You know, week two is like, you know, there, there's this, and then there's like, okay, there's, I give a, a, a sample meal plan. And the next week it's like, okay, well, how to find, kind of fine tune that meal yeah. plan. And this is a little bit more generic because obviously, you know, there's, there's a bunch of people in the group and I can't, I can't teach everyone. Like I can't work one-on-one right. with everyone. And it's, specific, and it's free. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. free. Yeah. You know, it's so like, that's one of my favorite things when people in the group, like, can, can you make videos of every single exercise? It's like, I already put 200 of hours <laughs> of work into this thing you're getting for free. Yeah. Fucking YouTube it, yeah. man. I've been doing this for 22 years. I never asked someone giving me something for free to fucking send, do 47 hours of videos. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry. That was, that was, that was too much. So Tell thing us how you really feel. Yeah. And then the, the, Use YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but then the big part, like, which for me, I, I, I think makes some of the biggest impact is, is really like the, the self-work, the homework. Um, and, and every week there's, you know, I can call homework assignments, but really it's inner work. So like week one, for example, you know, the, the theme was, you know, small wins, preparation, momentum. And we kind of have this concept of like climbing up the mountain. And if you've ever done, you probably know this for some of the stuff that you've done in terms of training for the mind and, and, you know, it's just in life in general. And like, you know, I've done some big climbs and stuff like that. You know, when, when you go on a journey or you go on a trek or you go on an adventure or something like that. You don't just take off and have no clue what you're doing. There's a certain amount of preparation. There's, men, you know, there's mental prep, but there's also making sure you have the right tools, all the right gear, all that kind of stuff. So the first few weeks of this is kind of really about like, you know, building, building some degree of mental toughness, starting to gain some momentum. So for example, the first week, you know, one of the, one of the assignments, make your bed every day. Yeah. 
I'm like, well, why? What is that? You know, making your bed, it's actually been scientifically proven. There was a study of 50,000 people and 70%, so of all those people, all the people that made their bed in that group, 70% of them that, that made their bed were more likely to have um, uh, 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 owned their own homes, worked out consistently, been in better shape, been happier with their lives, uh, had a better, higher paying career. So it's basically, it's been scientifically proven that making your bed in, increases the chance of you just being more successful in life. And part of it's just like we were talking about that morning routine. Yeah, you get a win. You get, up, exactly. you get up in the morning. I don't feel like doing something. Fuck it. I do it anyways because I'm committed to it. You make your bed. Now your room looks a little bit better. You feel a little bit better. You've got a win. What's the next thing? Gratitude journal. Okay. What are three things I'm grateful for? They got to be something different every day. Well, what's the big deal? Well, essentially by doing this habitually and starting your day off like that, everyone can come up with three things. No problem. Uh, I'm grateful for my mom, I'm grateful for my girlfriend, and I'm grateful for my dog. And then the next day, well, I'm grateful I have food, I'm grateful. But after like, you know, three, four days, you're like, shit, what am I grateful for? Mm -hmm. And then after a few weeks of like coming up with ideas, you're like, holy fuck, what it does is it, it rewires the way you think. So we all kind of have our, I call them perceptual filters. It's essentially how we view the world. Right. So for example, like if I, if I, if I'm looking at you, Joel, let's say, let's say I've got a white shirt on, you've got a pair of green sunglasses on and I ask you what color my shirt is and you don't know you're wearing green sunglasses. Okay. You're going to say it's green. Are you wrong? No. Yes. No, like, well, that's the thing, right? I'm wrong to you. <laughs> my shirt's not. My shirt's not green. Yeah. But based on your truth, it is green. Yeah. So your perceptual filter tells you one thing, and that has an effect on how you view your reality. Right. If you start to view the world through a lens of gratitude, you start to be more grateful for what you have. And when you're more grateful, you feel better. You have less stress. You know, you 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 have more positivity in your life. You act different way. You have more energy levels. You know what I mean? So it has this positive effect where you rewire the brain to stop looking for everything that sucks in your fucking life. And, and you, man, if anyone in this, in this probably city right now can understand that, it's you. And, and you've talked to me about this at length before. Like that, man, I was just so happy to get that breath of air. Everything else, it didn't matter. As long as I got that breath of air, I was happy. I felt good. Like life was good. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. He told me what he went through. And I'm like, I was, in, I was almost in tears. I was trying yeah. to be a man the back of my and car, not like- cry in front of you. But I'm like... I'm going to fucking start bawling in front of Bill right now, just knowing that my friend went through this and he's just like, no, I was just happy to get air. And I'm like, what a fucking piece of shit I am for all the things I complain about. Dude, I was like that. I went and visited him in the hospital (laughs) and uh, that's exactly how it was, man. I was full of tears because I'm talking to him like, holy fuck. First off, I didn't want to go in. So I was like, fuck this. I hate (laughs) hospitals, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see my buddy in bad shape, you know, like all the selfish shit. Then I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. And then when I got there and I'm feeling all this shit and he's telling me about his fucking green tea and showing ass to the nurses and shit, I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, I got to change the spin on my brain. You yes. Know what I mean? And that's exactly it. It's about changing the spin on your brain. And then the next thing was just mindfulness meditation. So, I mean, we can speak for hours about the benefits of meditation yeah. and they're multifaceted, but essentially like, you know, the first week, just my, so five minutes and just focus Close your eyes. I'm breathing in. I know I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. I know I'm breathing out. What does that do? Well, it teaches you to just 
be able to focus your mind. You know, the next week was a different type of meditation. The next week, ever the different type. So every week, there's these different things. And you know, now and we're on week six now, and we're talking about paradigm shifts and like, you know, essentially how to shift essentially the, the, the rule book, the framework through which you look at the world, and like in different ways of doing that. Right. So I, the whole thing is is that it's a free program. I put tons of work into this and I'm okay with that because really I just want to help people but you know I'm not, not going to fucking lie eventually I'm going to charge for it then 2.0 Joe's joking around he says we were talking about it the other night he says okay we're doing this and this and like now we know how to refine it we're going to do the next one he says we're not even going to fucking do 2.0 we're going to go straight to 3.0 I'm not going to lie I was baked as shit with him and I was laughing my ass <laughs> off because <laughs> I'm like you can't have 3.0 without 2.0 that doesn't make sense but anyways, it's just, you know, this one right now, this version is free <laughs> because we're kind of like working on all the kinks, but it's still an amazing program. And we've got tons of people doing the workouts. So the workouts are done. Um, you know, there's, there's tips on nutrition. There's all this additional stuff in there. I even got my NLP coach to make a guided meditation for people. Um, I do Facebook lives every week. I've done a few now with Joe. I've done yep. with his fiance, Sarah. And it's just like guiding people through this process and treating it like a journey. And, and from, from week one to week eight, the idea is that, you know, we really just try to transform people, not just physically, but the inner work too. You can do all the outer work that you want, but if inside you don't, nothing's changed, then after the program, you're just going to fizzle back out and you know, a good chance you're just going to fizzle back out into what you were before. Right. And I want to, I really want to help people. I want to make an impact in people's lives. And you, I can't just do that by teaching them how to get jacked, you know? So 3.0 is what's next. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. baby. Where do people find this? Uh, so if you, uh, if you online, if you go to www.teamtitan.ca, You'll see the, the, the registration page. You just put in your name and your email address. You'll get an email that goes through, and it'll tell you to join Titan Basecamp on Facebook. Um, probably by the time people hear this, it might be over, but we're going to leave that open and just allow people to have access to it and whoever oh, wants nice, it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, and, and again, all the programs will be there, and every, everything will probably be done at that point. Um, uh, but then, yeah, eventually. And then, and then so I'll just to approve your stuff through there. And if anyone has any questions or whatever, they can message me. Don't ask me to make videos of all the exercises because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I will respond politely because that's who I am, but you won't get the answer you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm in the group, too. I'm in that group. And there's, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people in there, and uh, they're doing it, and they're loving it, man. Like. Absolutely. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, this is the first time I've done something like this. And, um, you know, I get very much inspired from other people. I, a lady messaged me, uh, she didn't message me, but she commented on one of my deadlifts video. My son and I were just counting up the plates and he didn't understand why we went from zero to 45. <laughs> he found out the plates, right? But she's like, thank you for being an inspiration to my son. That right there, yeah. I need to be a fucking better man because I got kids watching. You know, yeah. I need a better man because people, people that I never would think are watching are watching. And I'm not just here for me. You know, the way I look at life is like, you know, I, when, I, when I'm driving up the roads, assuming I'm not cursing, swearing at people, like when I, if I come up to an intersection and I see some, some ladies walking across with their baby, I'm not even turning my fucking wheels. I'm going to wait. I don't want her to stop to think. I don't know if that, this guy's going to do something, right? If I can let someone else, if you, if you, I live my life, my life isn't my life. My life is everyone's life. As long as I live on a world with all these other people, then, then my life belongs to everyone. And whatever I can do to make everything better for everyone and just do my best, and I'm a fuck up. I've fucked a lot of things up in my life. I'm not perfect. I'm an idiot. Gee, I punched a fucking shelving unit the other day because I was <laughs> pissed off. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, still in, I'm still a bit of an idiot sometimes, but I'm just, trying, I'm just a man trying to be better and trying to help people along the way because at the end of the day, when, when my light burns out, 
you know, hopefully I made some sort of positive impact and I wasn't just here being a, being an idiot the entire time. I could be an idiot a good chunk of the time, yeah. but hopefully I made something positive. A reasonable amount of time. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. yeah, I have some fun too. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome to hear, man. It's a good outlook. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to get out before we wrap it up? I just want to thank you guys for having me here. This has been, uh, it's been an awesome experience. I love you guys and, and you know, I've, I've known you guys for shit. How long has it been now? Seven, eight, nine, eight, wow, eight now, years. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's been at least five, five, six, seven. I don't know. Something Somewhere like that. There. Yeah. But uh, Facebook might remember. Probably. Yeah. 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 But no, it's an honor to be here. I yeah. really appreciate it. And uh, so thank you guys very much. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Come visit me and come come to Kitchen or Joel. Yeah, and, I have and to. And you know what? Yeah. And I am going to get some of your knowledge first. We'll get some of that on. Sure. Uh, we'll do that up in the new year for some video. Yeah, we'll yeah, absolutely. And uh, word has it, uh, someone's going to be doing a talk December 8th, 8th or something. If you want to come down, there's still some spots available. This will yeah, probably be right, on after right, that, right, but yeah, right. we'll be down there. Yeah, any of, my, any of the Kitchener listeners, Bill's going to be doing a talk about finding strength at the rec room. That's 399 Bright Up Street in Kitchener. Um, contact one of us online. There's spots are limited because uh, we don't have that much room and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find enough chairs so you might have to hang off the monkey bars. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you guys want to hear an incredible talk from an incredible man, come listen to Muscle Bill. Thank you. Good. I'm plugging you guys. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had something to plug. This is, you know, I'm just, I'm just careful, idiot, folks. Be careful. <laughs> you plug yourself a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've done my fair share of plugging. It's time to time to get back to real life. <laughs> I will just say quick too. This is unique for me because both of you guys, over the course since I've known both of you, but you are two of the most like insane specimens I've ever met. Like everybody I ever meet, they're like even you came to my party before i had my heart surgery a couple years ago yeah and everyone was like who the fuck is that guy man where are you what is he doing here well that's my buddy matt do you see him yeah <laughs> yeah he's a big dude man he's, this guy is i've never seen somebody like be able to push the envelope and lift like you do and i'm not like you you clearly you work your ass off and it's like in every aspect of your life you're pushing it and anyway it's not only in the gym but like when people look at you they're like holy shit look at this guy but it's like if you only knew him you know, and you know, both of you guys. Yeah, it's so, motivational, man. It's very, I, I don't know how many people told me when you first moved to town, they're like, like people were calling me, messaging me on Facebook, yeah. shit, like, Joel, you gotta, there's this fucking guy in town, and <laughs> like, this guy's like this freak, and you, you gotta know who he is. Like, you need to meet this guy. I don't know how many fucking people told me really? that. Really? And then I walked oh, yeah. into East End Gym, and I seen you rolling, like, That's one him. of the huge fucking welded dumbbells. I'm like, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because you walked into East End. I saw you hit the punching bag. And someone had told me, and because you, you, your reputation preceded you, there was a girl that I met, Amber, I think, when I was working at Casey's in uh, Guelph. And I was going to be moving to Goderich. And I said, is there anyone there that does MMA? Because I kind of want to get back into it. And she said, Joel Paquette, you'll know him when you see him. So this is just this fucking Jack dude. And you came, I remember it. And I met Lane yeah. and he was talking about, you. Oh, oh, you know, Oh, he's one of my good buddies. I'll message him up and we'll set you guys up. But I remember being in East End and I saw you come in. I saw you hitting the bag. I'm there like, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Man. That's yeah. hilarious how the world works like See? that. Right. It's, yeah. There you go. Anyway, no, it's, it's great. So I've, it's great having, I'm, Joel with the podcast. I'm loving it. And it's very unique to have you up too. So I appreciate it, man. Uh, it's an honor. No, I appreciate you coming down and sharing your wisdom. And I'll be seeing you another week. Absolutely. That and hell yeah. Make some plans for the next year. Yeah, Sounds good. It's a hell of a threesome, boys. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No swallowing. <laughs> he had to go there. 
We were good the, the whole time. The try fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's only because we're going on YouTube. Now. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, if you're still listening, screenshot, tag Titan training. What's your Instagram handle? Let's um, do that. At, yeah. how, do we, how do we spell it? <laughs> yeah. Titan. So T-I-T-A-N double underscore. There one is. underscore is not good enough. Training. So T-I-T-A-N double underscore training. Tag him. Tag us. Let us know you're listening. Let us know your thoughts. Hell yeah. And in the meantime, make an appointment to donate blood because you'll save a life. Good call. And in the meantime, also, we're fucking done. Fuck yeah. So thank you. And bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>